1: 912-3444. Now just sit back and enjoy another edition of Swoop's World on the new Talk Story Radio Network. This late night. It is Wednesday, August 20th, 2014. How's it going, Peter? It's going all right. we got uh, Art Zavala Jr. in the house. How you doing, Art? You doing good. Looking forward to talking to him. Last time we talked to him, he was uh, with a band called The Lost Hours, a duo, and he's uh, back here solo projects now, and we're going to talk to him about that. See what he's got going on. Uh, we've been off for a week or so. We're gonna be off the next two weeks, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, we're here tonight, man. But uh, you had a big trip. Uh, how was your yeah?
2: Friend? Yeah. Well, I went to the British Virgin Islands, and uh, I gotta say it was gorgeous. Uh, as I was saying before the show started, uh, one of the prettiest, definitely the prettiest place I've ever been to. Uh, uh-huh. Just absolutely beautiful That's paradise. Because I know you've been to a lot of uh, places. Yeah, I've been yeah. a, a, around a bit, and it's yeah. just it was hands down the most beautiful place. It's like floating through paradise, and we're there for five, well, they're all together seven days, but five, six days on, on a boat, uh-huh. a big old 58-foot catamaran, just floating around going to all these different places where Blackbeard, Blackbeard used to hang out. Which was a
1: cool story I saw you put Yeah, that up on wasn't that screen. cool? Yeah. When I heard it, I was
2: like, that's cool. I'm going to put that up. So anyhow, cool place, uh, just started to get into the island time yeah. where everything's just a different pace <laughs> a and pace. something yeah. to be said for that so yeah it was it's just beautiful it was uh and it didn't hurt that the trip was mostly paid for by somebody else that's always a nice thing um so we had a great time it was a great time the only gripe i had to, it would be just to getting there and getting back you know it was that's a whole day, six hours yes yeah six hours of flying or well no about five hours of flying to miami layover Two, three hours to St. Thomas. Then you had to go from St. Thomas to Tortola on a ferry. That was an hour, hour and a half. And then you had to take a little taxi to get to the hotel.
3: You know, so it was like
2: the first day was just exhausting, uh, you know, doing all of that. Right. And then obviously coming home was equally exhausting. Full days of travel, essentially with the layovers and all that and the uh, time difference so that was my only complaint it just it'd, it'd be not it'd be a lot nicer if paradise was closer <laughs> but other than that well, I have
1: you know how to get paradise closer to your house right <laughs> <laughs> you gotta move you gotta move <laughs> I know
2: so but I'm not moving to Florida <laughs> so anyhow other than that, that that was my like I said my only gripe uh, it was just that, that those days of travel yeah. once we were there it was just literally just beautiful yeah yeah yeah
1: I like that uh, that one bar. Yeah, you, you stopped on it. The, the soggy dollar that bar. That is such
2: a cool thing. You pull up. For those of you who may not be familiar with it, I wasn't until I you know until I was introduced. Uh, you pull up, and there's no there's no dock. There's no way to get onto the island without swimming. I mean, you could take a, a, a zodiac, you know, and push yeah. it on out. But traditionally. You, they don't. They, they discourage that because the beach is so heavily used, you know, by people. Uh, that uh, the idea is, you weigh anchor, you drop anchor, and you you swim in. So naturally, when you swim in, your dollars are soggy. And so it's called the Soggy Dollar Bar. And they serve there. They're famous for what they call their painkillers. You can imagine what that's all about. <laughs> okay. I personally could only drink. I couldn't even drink a whole one. I couldn't even drink a half I read, a one. I, 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 read,
1: I read the so description sweet. of it, right? I read the description of it, and I, knowing you, I figured you had to try it. Oh, yeah. But I said, there's no way he liked this. No. <laughs> like, that
2: first one is really, oh, wow, that's really good. And then after that, it just got progressively sweeter and sweeter. I was like, I, have to, I just I couldn't even get through <laughs> Half of one. So then I switched over to the the Red Stripes. So that you,
1: there, there was something there for you to
2: drink. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> lots and lots and lots yeah. of rum drinks. Uh, and then some Red Stripe, El Presidente, uh, stuff like that. None of the great beers that we like, but when you're in the tropics, it works. It, it works. And you're there, you know, it goes with the food. And, How was
1: that swim back to the boat?
2: Uh, you know, we drank a lot and just sat in the water. There was no waves there, so you just yeah. sit in the water and it just kind of float back and forth. So at some point, you just sort of push off the beach, and you float back to your boat. So it worked out okay. There was no If there had been any currents or anything yeah. like that, that uh, could have been a, a problem. <laughs>
1: you know, when, uh, when I, friend, uh, I went a friend years and years ago to... Uh, Watch him skydive, mm-hmm. and inside the little hut where you pay and you know check everything out and everything, there was a little booklet, the book there, and it said uh, bounces, right? Right. And so it has a, had a number assigned to it in various locations. And I go, "What's that?" He goes, "Oh, bounce." He goes, "Those are people who shoots it." No and it bounced. Oh, oh, yeah. so I'm, I'm assuming it might be something similar to that for the swim back to the boat. If, if you lost... Part, those boats
2: are parked <laughs> okay. pretty close. I don't okay. I don't know that... The, there's a, There was another place where we had to swim out from called the uh, the baths, which were like these tunnels that had been made by a volcano many, many years ago. And right there, you had to swim. Again, there's another place you couldn't come in with the boats. But well, you had to swim back to your boats. And right there, there was a current that came by. The moment you kind of cleared the island... That was a. Uh, we, we referred to it later in the trip as the the de- the, de- the baton death swim. <laughs> I was a strong swimmer, so I was okay. But there were some people that uh, <laughs> like once we got to the boats, we had to get pe- the paddle boards off the boats and go rescue some people. <laughs> uh, some
1: headcounts were. About yeah, that. some headcounts
2: and so. But for the most part, it's all of this area is so shallow yeah. and so calm, which is why it was so loved by the pirates because they could. Get in and out real quick and raid the ships. Uh, so pretty mild stuff as far as currents. Usually. Yeah. We had one day where the winds were howling, and we got some. We were flying. <laughs> it was cool. It was fun.
1: <laughs> well, cool stuff. We'll talk about some more li- uh, later tonight. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and come back and introduce our guests. Uh, we got a full lineup tonight. we got Art Zavala Jr. Uh, joining us here, talking some music stuff. we got Anthony Davis we call in later. Of course, Brewskis and T-Bone's time out. So you're listening to talks Talk Stereo Radio Network. Take a quick break, and we're gonna start off with one from Art. This is called uh, "Laugh It Off." <laughs> Laugh it off. It's all a dream. Back after this.
4: If I
5: showed you, it's all a dream. Would you lie?
4: Could it free your heart, let you breathe?
0: Listening to the Talk Story Radio Network.
6: Hey, there's
1: chocolate on the wall, and you're listening to Swoop's World. And hey, welcome back to Sweet World, and, uh, and our guest today is Art Zavala, is a singer-songwriter. How's it going, man?
4: Doing great. How are you guys doing? Good, good,
1: good. good. Last time we talked to you, you were you were you had a, you know were doing the duo thing and stuff was coming out and now you're doing some solo stuff. Tell us what's been happening since we last
4: saw you. Oh, well, since you last saw me, um, that kind of ended, the deal ended at the beginning of last year and I was telling Swoop before the show it was kind of funny because when we came in you guys were telling us about another band who had just released an EP and stopped working together like right (laughs) after. (laughs) And that kind of happened to us but we didn't even get to the point where we finished the EP. Um, Just one of those things where, you know, after four or five years of doing something together, it just kind of grows apart and people go their own ways. But right now, I'm doing uh, solo work, collaborations with other artists, um, just keeping my options open and, and doing whatever I can. Recording some artists, I uh, put together shows at a cafe in uh, Highland Park. Uh-huh. So you know, anything I can to keep the momentum going, keep being creative. Right. That's what I'm doing right now.
1: Tell us a little bit about the, the cafe thing. How'd you how'd you fall into that and, uh, and...
4: What's, what's happening with that? So it's uh, it's called Manifesto Cafe, and it's this little residential cafe um, in Highland Park, or technically Herman um, in Los Angeles. And how I got connected there was the owner, Christina, she actually used to book me and my old partner the, at, with the Lost Hours at a uh, place in Hollywood, the Neon Venus. She used to run the music nights there. Right. So she booked us a bunch of times, really liked us, and uh, we were Facebook friends and stuff like that. And uh, I noticed she was you know, posting stuff about this cafe that she was opening and we got to talking about doing a music night there so about a month into their opening uh, I put together a music night with a bunch of my friends and you know, just, just local musicians going to have a place to play uh, it went really well and she asked me if I wanted to continue doing it so we started doing Friday and Saturday nights um, about three hours of music the community's really starting to enjoy it because there's nowhere else like that there
7: where,
4: where people can come, listen to free music, the food's fantastic there you know, fair trade coffee, um, re- I mean, really good food, like really well-made dishes, you know, all fresh, uh, locally sourced stuff. Um, they're a socially conscious cafe. They originally wanted to open up a place in, uh, in actually in Skid Row, but they the place that they got uh, wasn't zoned for what they wanted to do, I believe. Yeah. But they want to open up like a, a really affordable market there to get really, you know, fresh food to people. They also are doing a job program where they train people at their cafe, what? you know, hire them, train them, and that way they have something to, you know, put on a resume to get jobs at other places, you nice. know? Um, so they're doing a lot of a lot of fundraisers. They have, like, waffle Sundays where people come and all the profits go to schools and kids programs and things like that. So um, that really made me want to work with them, too, because, you know, they had their eye on the community. Right. You know, as well as building their their cafe up so yeah it's been a really great experience and I've met so many wonderful artists through there um just really talented people that are just looking for a place to play where it's low pressure come share your new music yeah. everybody you know uh trades information and books other shows and it's just a constantly growing thing like that so nice yeah it's been really great
1: now you know we, we've talked to, you know you know we talked to a lot of musicians and doing the, the independent artist kind of stuff it's, it's great to find some place like that and have the same kind of vibe where everybody's kind of not competing
7: there
4: yeah know. definitely yeah. definitely that's that's the whole thing i wanted to kind of foster there It's like you know we're not here to compete we're here to share and and if we all invite different people here it's a free show you know we can all share in front of new people um there's no competition I'm not um, you know we're not setting any requirements like oh you know bring ten people fill out the place do things like that because I know that's really hard to do too right. especially on a, on a Friday evening or a Saturday with all the events going on in LA but you know just do the best that we can and then uh, what I also started doing was um, recording the live sets at the cafe because mm-hmm. uh, I noticed there's kind of a need for that too like a lot of the artists that I would get stuff from had you know really low quality recordings and I knew doing this stuff with the Lost stars ourselves and how hard it was to, even when you paid money, how hard it was to find someone to actually give you a decent recording. Right. I mean, it was just it was so difficult, so we started recording our own stuff. Uh, so at the cafe now, I record all the sets, and I, I put them on, a, on SoundCloud for the cafe to share, and then I also send the links to the artists where they can keep them and share them. And, you know, just that way they at least have something if they need to, you know, send it to other people who are booking shows or, or whatever.
1: Do you find... Not to be a, not to be negative, I, I know. But uh, when you put that kind of effort in on your own, sometimes people take it for granted. It's like, "Hey, man, where's my? Uh, I thought you put this stuff up for us. Where's my?"
4: <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, I haven't run into that so much. Um, there's always, you know, there's there's always a few people like that that you know will try to take advantage of a situation or will get attitude with something. But I don't let it I don't let it affect me at all because it's not that's like their deal to work out. You know, like that's something they have to work out with themselves. Right. Is having that kind of attitude and that kind of competitive competitiveness in an environment and stuff. And it's like I've been through a lot of that stuff and seen like a lot of the ugliness and I see a lot of just there's so much other musicians who just want a place to play, want want to share, want to grow their fan base, you know, who could really you know, who may not have the money to get good recordings. So it's just like I'll focus on that negative aspect and once in a while when something comes up that's not great, it's like oh, okay. Yeah. You know, then you don't, you know, you, there's plenty of other places for that person to play. You know, if they're, you know, I'm not going to worry about, like, a set if they're trying to rush me for something, too. Because it's like, well, you know, it's, it's just when I have time to put this out, yeah. you know. I'm not, I'm not charging you anything. I'm not, oh, yeah, you if know. If you to pay me, I'll
1: get that up to you well, right yeah, now. It's like I'm, I'm emailing it to you for
4: free or, like, you know, so you can actually have it. Like, you know. Yeah. It's not, you know. And I and I try to because there's background noise, so I try to clean it up a little bit just so that you can actually hear the vocals and spend get, you know get there early, spend time setting everything up. So it's just like, um but you know, honestly, I haven't run into too much of that because I think people kind of feed off the environment that's there, you know. And that's so, good. That's yeah, really cool. yeah. So it's been it's been great that way.
1: When it comes to your own stuff, uh, what's what's been inspiring you, and, and when
4: you come when you're, you're creating these days? Oh, well, I'm inspired by a ton, you know. um I spent most of the last year just trying to teach myself how to sing, because I had, I had sung a little bit, but really not for you know for the public or anything like that, or, or to even have that as a thought. I'd always grown up kind of with the idea like, oh, you're just born with the ability to sing, you know, or something like that. You can you know you can work on it, but it's not something you can you can do. But when the lost hours stopped working together, I was like, well, I want to become self-sufficient. So even if I work with other people, do other things, I can always have my own thing to fall back on and not have to just rely on uh, other situations Uh, I have really great friends that helped me with that and kind of helped me get out of my shell as far as that went Um, so it's been it's been a really interesting process because I had we had written maybe about 200 songs together and because I didn't have to do any vocal stuff I was able to get really creative with the guitar work but then trying to teach myself how to sing, it's like well now I scaled all the guitar work basic <laughs> right. stuff because it's like learning how to play and sing was a whole other that thing. That was my next question. Yeah, though, uh, when it comes
1: to singing and playing, it's, uh... it was like
4: I you know I felt like a like I was a novice guitarist. you know? Like you said, basic basic as you get because trying to learn how to come up you know sing a melody while you're doing something else it was, it was a long process. But now I'm finally at the point where over the last few months I've been able to introduce my old style of playing with the singing. So, that's so,
2: so now that you've got that down, you're going to have to take out the harmonica.
4: <laughs> I bought some harmonica. <laughs> <laughs> I just picked up a little microchord on the way here from somebody. A little microchord.
2: I tell keyboard, people all the time, because so like, I play the guitar, and I just just for myself. And I don't want perform, but everyone's will be practicing. And my daughter and my son will come up and say, Hey, uh, Dad, can I go do something? and i can't even say yes or no <laughs> without without stopping you know so i've have, I have so much respect for anybody who can do any <coughs> any degree of that let alone start adding you know the uh, harmonicas yeah, and all was, that uh, that's just funny cuz i was listening, kick drum you know i was listening to, a, uh, a, uh, I
1: was listening to somebody on the radio and it's they, hard to they do. played a a recording of david boy singing Guitar, was singing, and he had attached a they said a bottle cap to the bottom of his shoe yeah. to get the like the percussion thing. Okay, he was kind of just tapping his foot so you can kind of pick that up too. And I'm thinking, okay, he's got three things going on. <laughs> and you always see people. I, I, I see these one man bands. I'm like, yeah, right. How do you do all that shit? <laughs> oh, we had this
4: uh, this guy that's come by the cafe a couple times, and he's going to be doing a show with me uh, the last Saturday of August. Uh, his name is Robbie. He goes by Robbie and things because he has that kind of setup. He he comes <laughs> in, he's got his acoustic guitar and, and he's got a, a suitcase. Out of the suitcase, he pulls out a little ca- percussion things, uh, like a little kick drum. It uh-huh. goes and hits the suitcase and then a little uh, what do you call it? Like a tambourine. Right. He puts that on his feet so he's doing the drum stuff while he's playing. And then during his breaks, he'll do trumpet sounds with his with his voice. It's uh, I don't know if you ever guys heard of uh, Shaky Graves. He's another great artist that does a similar thing. Like he got tired of the huge one man band stuff. Yeah. So he built this little suitcase. Just stands right in front of it. Has all the percussion coming out of it while he plays. It, and you're just like, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to learn how to sing a couple notes. While, um, you know, and
1: uh, yeah. Here's the big instrumental section. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Oh gosh. So having you know spent you know, I know you. Playing music a long time, but you know, you kind of concentrated on the dual thing for, for uh, a number of years. Was it hard to kind of? And I know you just you know, you know, you're explaining how to come into singing and stuff like that. But was it hard to start creating? You know, you were writing as a as a duo. Was it, was it hard to come out and start writing as a solo artist after that?
4: Yeah, it definitely was, because for most of my musical musical experience, i I love vocal melody. Like, it's one of my favorite things. Like, I can't listen to a lot of instrumental stuff, even if it's great. I just love vocal melody, but I never pay attention to lyrics. Like it's just nothing—something I can ever grab onto. Like my favorite musicians, I can't tell you like a line of their song unless I'm listening to it. Right. Um, so having to write lyrics and you know that was really difficult for me at first because it's like, well, what do I want to say? You know, to me they don't really matter. So I'm not trying to develop a story or or anything like that. Like, they they've never really mattered to me. Um, but the more I've gotten into it, like I found my ways to work with it, and and that's been a whole another learning process that was really it was difficult at first, and now it's I've, I'm able to see where I can draw stuff from, you know, uh, through reading certain things, all you know, one line will spark an idea for a song, and, you know, watching something or, or things like that. So yeah, just like anything, it's just uh, you know you learn little little ways that help you along the way. Um, but that was definitely another big adjustment, as you know, as far as everything. Actually, I've learned to appreciate, like, lyrics of a lot of different artists now, yeah. you know, that I enjoy, and I can actually, like, you know, hear what they're saying. <laughs> like, the <laughs> words instead of just the melodies and <laughs> stuff, and just the music.
1: It's interesting, as, uh, you know, you listen to uh, songwriters uh, talk about you know, their process. And I, I was listening um, to one the other day, and, and don't ask me her name, because I don't remember, but she wrote a lot of the hits that Rihanna sings, and a lot of other people, and she said... That basically she kind of sits down and starts to tinker at the piano. And she says, she actually starts creating songs without lyrics first. And I don't mean by music-wise, she just kind of makes these noises. And then, like, all of a sudden, a phrase will come to her in the middle of doing that. And then, she, if she likes that phrase, then she's kind to write the song around that phrase. And I always find it interesting to find, you know, because every, everybody has a different method. Right, different way, different way they work, and that's always I find that interesting how people uh, do that when you, especially when you talk about lyrics. And you know, you've been a musician for so long; I'm sure, writing, you know, coming up with musical stuff is kind of fairly easy for you. But now you're getting, you got to take that whole yeah, definitely.
4: <laughs> and you know, I, I've seen a lot of artists that that do that, and I think it kind of depends. Like for her, if she's writing, you know, stuff for pop music, mm-hmm. she's probably got a pretty good formula down of like right she knows that it's going to be hooky so she wants to get that melody first that you know creates the hook and then whatever she writes around that will work but I've actually like um I used to be I forget the name of the band but um I've actually found dem- old demos of them where like the music's there and the guy's in the studio and he's just like humming nonsense because yeah. he's trying to figure out his melody and then once he gets that melody okay they don't just write around that melody um for me it comes about a, a few different ways I'll do that too I'll I'll write music sometimes first and have a melody and you know, try to build a, I enjoy the melody so much I'll try to fit something around that. Um, sometimes I'll get the words first. It's all kind of touch and go right now. But the biggest thing for me, especially with lyrics, is I usually write it all in one sitting. Um, if I have to come back to something, it's really hard for me to develop that, I to come back and get that going again and develop it. So most of my stuff that I write, it's like I'll sit there, I'll just get into a state where I'll write, I'll write out the whole song uh, from start to finish. The words will kind of flow. The melodies will flow. And I might come back and tinker stuff, you know, like, it's not going to be perfect. So uh, I'll work on better phrasing later on. But, like, 90% of the stuff will stay how it is. Yeah. Um, and that's really, I mean, even when I was doing the Lost Hour stuff, I do the same thing for, like, the, the music. Like, if it was a song where have to, I couldn't figure out a bridge or a chorus, it'd be really hard for me to do it another time. Yeah. They would just kind of stay unfinished. Wow! Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's just it's hard for me to re-engage like that, even you know, even though they're still only a day old or so.
1: Now, do you have, are you one of those people? We we, tell you we we meet so many people that say, "Oh yeah, I got a whole book full of stuff that I started on," and, and then I kind of go back to it, and, you know, years later and go, "Oh yeah, I kind of like this. I <laughs> so I can build on that."
4: I I am the, the problem that I have is I. Like I'm, for the most part, I'm self-taught in guitar. I learned basic chords when I was like in sixth grade, mm-hmm. but after that, I've just been tinkering with it. So the way I play, like, I can't name any of the chords or any of the tunings that I do. I tune my guitar really weird uh, for a lot of my stuff, um, and I never learn my lesson. That I always think, oh, I'll remember this. You know? <laughs> so I've got like f- over five hours of like iPhone notes on my on my phone and i go back and I'll listen to songs. I'm like, oh, that's a great riff. But I'm like, I have no idea, you know, where my capo is, what my tuning is. You know, am I, What? I just, it gets, it's so hard to try to figure that out. It's like, okay, I oh, that's a good one. It's going to be lost for a while. like, one day I'll be working on another song and I'll happen to be in that same spot. It's like, oh man, that kind of sounds like I'm in that right area. So then I'll, I'll, you know, try to figure it out again. I'll sit there with headphones on trying to see, figure it out. And I might figure out a version of it. But yeah, I definitely go back to stuff because a lot of times I just you know you'll be working on stuff and you'll forget you'll get on track on something else and then oh you know I forgot about that you know wrote that one night and and never went back to it Um, and then as you progress and stuff like you get you might have had something but you have you had nothing else for it you you had nowhere to take it but you, you know you're listening to other music you're watching things you're you know learning having experiences so now that kind of that thing makes sense now. You can find words for it. You can find other guitar parts for it. Um, so I think revisiting stuff like that also, you know, kind of com- becomes new that way because you're seeing it through like a new lens of, of experiences, yeah. as opposed to when you, you know, when you wrote it.
1: What do you find the positives as well as the negatives uh, for stepping out in, uh, into the sto- solo
4: realm? Um, the big positive for me is just being able to play a- anytime, anywhere without having to check with anybody
7: mm-hmm.
4: um, so I've actually you know and in, in making those kind of personal connections with people where it's just like uh, you know to, be, to get asked to do stuff and also on stage like I'm in total control of how I want to take the experience in um, no matter how it goes like I can control how I feel afterwards to a certain extent you know Right. because no matter who you are not everyone's going to love everything you do not every not every situation you're going to get an audience that's receptive to to music, uh, but I've been really fortunate to play a lot of great places for a lot of great people and had a great time. And just knowing that like it's the thing that you created with your imagination and are sharing it um, and getting that feedback and the connection is really great. I mean, it's nice to do because you're bouncing stuff off of each other. So like the negative aspect for me would be like, you know, sometimes I would create a guitar part with the Lost Hours, or I'd just be messing around and I would see really like not much value in it but my partner would hear that and then in her mind she's hearing my guitar part plus what she could do melodically right so it's a whole different thing for her so you know she sees the value in what i'm doing or like the uh, she sees where it can go and it's like uh, when she does you know she'll sing a little part to it to give an idea it's like oh like, yeah if you that you do that it's, it's perfect to will do this we we'll go here and here so there's a lot of songs like that that i'd just be you know, dinking around and being like, oh, this is nothing. And like, no, 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 I can, you know, we can do this. And, you know, so now it's like if I don't hear that extra part, it's like, <laughs> you know. Um, but, yeah, I just, I love the freedom of being able to, you know, just pick up my guitar, do stuff whenever I want, be in control of it, be in control of how, like, I, you know, how I take a performance and after, just kind of be in the moment, not have to, you know, not have to rely on somebody else's state to how something, how the outcome of something is, right. you know.
2: So along those lines, then uh, you're playing the guitar. You might want to have some drums in there or something. Do you have people ready that you can collaborate with, and you're doing that often? And how's that working out?
4: Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Um, is trying to find those people, whether it's to actually do something together, you know, more permanent, or and still have my solo stuff, or just kind of have people to work with. And then when I have certain shows that I want to do drums, so that's kind of where I'm. I'm actually looking for a drummer. Because uh, I love to have a two piece or even if it's a part time drummer so I can have certain shows where it's going to be a little louder and a little bit different um to have that option because like my a lot of my solo work I do acoustically you know uh but i i I love writing electric music and I actually have songs where i'll program I don't play the drums myself I'll program drums and stuff like that to my music, so to be able to get that to on a live stage would be great, so I want to find those people where I can um where I can work with like that, I've got a project that I'm working on right now, which is going to be really fun. Uh, it's more of a studio collaboration problem project where I'm going to be doing like five or six songs with different artists. Like I'll be on the track with them, and we'll be creating a song together. Um, so I think that's going to be really neat to kind of see, you know, to kind of have like almost like a duet album, but with different, you know, different artists and different styles, and and see how that all comes together. Yeah, and collab that way, but that'd be more like a little a little uh, recording project. Very cool.
1: You listen to Swift's Roller Talks for our radio network. We're here with Art Devala Jr., and we're going to listen to one uh, from him right now that's called Drowning with the Sound. Back after this.
2: Talk Story Radio. I'm Shelby. And I'm Jesse.
3: And, and we're after,
2: after arrows. arrows. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to, to
7: Swoops Swirl. World. I
0: hate my heart so much.
1: We're on the Talk to Our Radio Network here with Artzvalla Jr. and talking some good stuff about his music and stuff. Um, gigs, gig-wise, uh, you, you know, you talked about the the cafe. You've been playing, I've been playing any other places. Uh,
4: yeah, I have. Um, geez, off the top of my head, I played. Um, I've got like a, a warehouse art show coming up August 30th. It's going to be great. We're gonna have uh, like a live art wall where artists will be doing art. Uh, like five or six bands A little open mic uh, That's going to be really great um, I've done a few other cafe shows And stuff like that uh, Like Holy Grounds out in Alhambra Um I think I've got a show coming up I just booked it today in Long Beach But that won't be till October Where we're at Long Beach? Uh, it's uh something bite uh, It's like a pizza place Uh No, pizza No, it starts with the R. The, the first word. Yeah. Uh, I think it's what it used to be called Pizza Pie. Uh, I don't know. It's like a pizza and, uh, and beer place. Yeah, I, 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 I'll, I'll figure it. We'll figure it out before. You <laughs> <get started. laughs> but yeah, mostly the cafe. Uh, that's every Friday and Saturday, and then just other stuff as it comes. You know, as it comes up. Um, you know, I played a few shows in, out, out in LA. There's like a little taco place they do after hours. Show where they close the main restaurant, have a gig in the back, Uh patio area, and stuff like that. Um, So, yeah, right now, not too much other than the cafe stuff and the art show. Oh, I'll be doing um, the first ever uh, San Bernardino Summer Festival, and that'll be Sunday, August 31st, um, out in San Bernardino. That's gonna be really nice. Uh, They're putting together their first little art walk and, and summer festival. I was a part of the Bell Art Walk, which is like the, f- the first Bell Art Walk a couple weeks ago. Uh, Bell's got an art walk now? Yeah, they just oh, started. Nice. Uh, had their first one like maybe two, three weeks ago. So that was really nice, too. Yeah, a
1: lot of, of where, great where they Where do they hold it? Like near that little city hall
4: there? Or? Oh man, it's, I, I'm, I'm too familiar with that area. For me to remember once the once that once <laughs> of my what's <laughs> leaf? Yeah, once it's off, off my phone and out of Google Maps, <laughs> like...
1: and you pull up there and I go, oh, this place looks familiar. You yeah. <laughs> have <laughs> <laughs> yeah, been here before. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm terrible with
4: that now, with the, with the map stuff.
1: Yeah. <laughs> when when you when it comes to booking gigs, uh, you know, it's, is it uh, like a, do you get? tips from other people that you've met, or you just kind of just kind of find, hear about places and, and call them up,
4: or what how it works for you? Yeah, you know, I'm trying to, uh, that's a new process too, most of it's been through other people that I've met, other musicians, stuff like that, and I always find that those are the better gigs, uh-huh. you know? uh, I'm trying to stay away from all the kind of stuff that I used to do with like uh, when we first started Lost Hour stuff, which is like booking stuff, like in the venues like in Hollywood. Uh, like the vibe room and all that kind of stuff the pay to play you know 10 bucks a person try to bring 15 people just because it 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 doesn't foster a good musical environment yeah In a place where people want to share so I'm doing more you know more art shows um just kind of random stuff like that where people are putting together like a night of music a night of art and then you get a lot more creative energy and people who actually come go there to pay attention uh, the first show I ever did was for a, a community called Poetry Solves Problems, and I did a couple of shows with them when I was with the Lost Hours, and it's just a group of women that put, put together these these shows in different places, like the first couple were in an artist loft. Um, the next one they're going to be doing is uh, Friday the 29th in August, and I'll be doing the open mic portion of that over in Union Station at Tracks Bar. Uh-huh, Tracks is cool. Yeah, nice so they have... Uh, you know, they do so that. Feature artists and you know, poets come read and stuff like that, and they have an open mic portion, and so more stuff like that. it's kind of like community based, small organizations, um, just trying to trying to get out there and put you know, little shows together and stuff like that. That always seems to be the best fit, especially for the kind of music I'm doing.
1: I think when you, when you places like that and, and venues like that, people who go there to listen, they're they're going there for a specific type of show. They're going there to hear a certain kind of music. And and uh, you know, most of them are going there to hear ind- in independent artists, and not necessarily about your covers. Right. So uh, when people get what they expect, I think there's you know the response is usually a whole lot better than you know booking a gig at some bar where everybody's expecting to hear a jukebox or. Uh,
4: yeah definitely those places like you know the bars or the other venues like that like people just want to hear what's familiar yeah you know they want to hear the the same even if it's not a cover they want to hear the same progressions they want to hear the same strong structure and things like that and like i don't i don't write in those terms i just kind of write you know what comes and sometimes my stuff doesn't have a chorus and you know i'm okay with that or sometimes it's you know it's all over the place and stuff and it's less structured and other times it's more structured and um, so definitely like the, the art spaces and stuff like that, people are, are a lot more open to hearing. They know that, you know, we're gonna hear stuff that probably isn't stuff that you will find on the radio. Right. You know. And so they're way more receptive to that kind of stuff and they and they, they also they're also going to the attention to like actually, you know, pay attention to what's going on as opposed to when you go to a, a regular bar and it's just like, Oh, your, your background noise, you know. So even right. if you they do enjoy it, it's like, Well, oh, it's just it's background noise, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep doing what I'm doing and, you know, those are okay for other people, but for me, they just kind of don't, they 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 never really work out, so I try to stay away from that and do the cafes, do the art shows, um, you know, put my effort towards that, and I'd rather not have a ton of gigs lined up and be able to have time to work on, you know, recording music or writing music than, you know, be out playing night after night where, you know, uh, no one's really going to care anyway. <laughs> you know, so it's like my, my time and effort's, you know, better place in, in other stuff do you uh,
1: do you find <clears throat> do you find that yeah uh, you know, you're doing all this you know, we, we mentioned that you, you're kind of doing the solo stuff now so a lot of stuff I'm sure you probably d- divided up previously you, you know you, it's like the booking the gigs and the writing the music that you know the promotional stuff the, the, the Facebook and, the, and all that kind of stuff it, Is that uh, more so or were you guys are were you already
4: doing a lot of that uh, I was doing a lot of it, yeah. you know. I was doing. Um, I booked probably mostly all our gigs, uh, so, you know, that's nothing new. Um, we didn't really do a lot of social media stuff; like, we didn't take advantage of that uh-huh. back then. So I'm trying. I'm still. I'm still not great at it, but I'm at least. I'm a little bit more engaged, you know. And I'm, and I'm doing stuff like that. Um, the only thing is, like, just writing the music. That you know, now it's all on, it's all on me. But even then, I was doing all the actual all the actual instrumentation and, and music and, and all that kind of stuff, so that's nothing new. Um, I handled all, all our recording stuff, uh, so that gave me a lot of great you know, practice and, and knowledge and doing that kind of stuff for myself now. So, yeah, I mean, I don't feel like I'm you know, having to, to do too much more of a workload or anything like that. Well, that's
1: good. Yeah, that's you so, know.
4: like a so smooth transition. Yeah. I believe
1: the place you're going to be playing is called Rebel Byte. There it, there it is. 649 yeah. East Broadway. Screw <laughs> 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 <That's the, laughs> of the internet. Yeah, oh, that's oh, yeah. it. I, I, as soon as you said it, it used to be called Pizza Pie back in the day. That's right, that's it, right. Yeah, it's, I, I haven't been there, but I, I hear good things about it. So.
4: Yeah, I used to do a lot more stuff in Long Beach when we were doing the Lost Hour stuff. And then when I took that, basically I took all the last year off of performing. Uh, well, I just worked on my... Music, so now it's. uh it's, I think that'll be the first time I'm back playing in Long Beach. But yeah,
1: gotta yeah, check out uh, i Out. Tell people to check out Viento y Agua too, because they're they're really good, uh, you know, supporters and independent artists, and they, and they they book a lot. A lot of our guests have played there.
4: Yep. So. yep. Oh, awesome. Yeah, Long Beach was great for us. I mean, I think they embraced us more than any other place we played. You know, we did the Green Long Beach Festival. We had a, a residency at the, the Smaller uh-huh. Um and we played. A, yeah, we played a lot of games uh-huh. in Long Beach. You must know uh, Corey Joseph Clark, then. Right? Yeah, I think we played his his uh, the night or one of the nights that he used to host music there too. Trying yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's yeah. been on the show a few times. Yeah, 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 he's a great musician. He he is, is, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah He's That's great. Exactly.
1: Um, you know, we try to cover a lot and make sure we get it all out there. Anything you wanted to talk about we haven't yet talked about?
4: Uh, you know, I think we covered mostly anything. I mean, if you guys have... If any other artists want to get a hold of me to play at the cafe, um, they can go to com slash cafe. Just like that page, send me a message. We do, you know, sets every Friday and Saturday night. Um, small bands, acoustic stuff, you know, um, anything like that. Um, yeah, and then if it's... You know, my websites are kind of all over the place, but they just Google Art Zavala of of Jr., all my stuff comes up right away. My SoundCloud, my Facebook, and uh, YouTube, and all that kind of good stuff. So it's the best way to to keep in touch and, and find my music. And yeah, I'll be recording next month. I'm gonna start recording my solo EP and then the collaboration EP. So those will be coming out soon. Too. Wow!
1: What uh, can you get a little insight into what, what kind of stuff's gonna be on there?
4: On uh, on uh, those uh, two. Uh-huh. So the solo one, um, it will be, you know, it'd be heavily on the acoustic side. It's going to be more of a stripped down EP. Um, probably, I think the first acoustic one, the first EP that I do will be mostly acoustic. Then I want, then I want to work with like a full, a full band and, and kind of do that for the, for my next one. And the collaboration one, uh, we'll see how that develops. Next one you were talking about a little bit ago, yeah. yeah. exactly. I got like four or five, uh, artists that are, are lined up for that that are really great friends and. Um, some of them that are singer-songwriters and play piano and uh, guitar, drums, and all that kind of stuff. Um, there'll probably be a couple Spanish songs on there with a friend of mine, so that one I'm really excited for, too. Uh, but yeah, I think the, the main solo EP will kind of have you know the singer-songwriter a- acoustic feel, but um, definitely like a lot of alternate tunings and a lot of... I really like to, to compose the second part of the, the music after the the lyrics and the, like, acoustic stuff down, like with the uh, slight electric guitars and stuff. Um, I I get a lot that it, uh, a lot of people that say it feels very cinematic. Like, I don't overdo it, I just kind of add a little bit of stuff, so, you know, we'll see how that all kind of develops. Right now, I'm just finishing up writing the four or five songs that are, that are going to be on there. Very cool.
1: Yeah. You said something earlier, <clears throat> and I just want to touch on that. You said that, like, you, you like to tune your guitar... Kind of, uh, what you said, I think you said it kind of in a weird
4: way. Yeah.
1: Um, how did that come about?
4: Um, I don't know how it originally started. So, well, the first thing, the big advantage I think that I have in, in the way that I'm able to play, it's when I first started playing guitar, all the kids in my street were older than me, and that's why I wanted to learn to play, right? And they were all into ska. That was, like, the big thing, so that's all upstrokes. Yeah. So I got really familiar with upstrokes, because that's all I played. Um, and that's, I think, the hardest thing that people have is getting that upstroke. The downstroke comes really naturally. Uh, so when I started doing my own stuff with the with the with the Lost Hours, uh, we were just riding up a storm. I mean, I think we ended up with like 200 songs, wow. and it's just an acoustic guitar and a vocal. So it's like you can't just keep playing standard. You know, you you can't. I mean, no matter what, you're you know you're rehashing stuff. So I would start, uh, you know, tuning stuff differently and just seeing what seeing what would come out and and it's all kind of you know almost guesswork, but uh, with a little intuition, like I just kind of feel where the where the sounds are. So I'll I'll drop uh, like my favorite tuning right now. It's uh, I got like E A D, and then I drop the G to a F sharp. Uh, then we go B, and I drop the other E to a D. Um, and it just kind of opens up this whole wide range because you don't you can get all these extra notes without having to actually play them. Mm-hmm. You know, keep them open and get like a little darker sounds. So the guitar's not so bright. Um, so once I got a hold of that, you know, first feeling of that, I was like, "Wow, it's there's so much room here." You know, I can play with this all I want and, and come up with stuff. I, I even do stuff where like uh, I do a standard like uh, open G tuning, but I'll capo like the first four strings on the fourth fret uh, and create stuff that way. So I'm getting like the the high strings that are Open like naturally and then capo in the fourth and so I just found it to be a really creative way to do things and um, I play really like rhythm heavy so doing that allows me to kind of just like move around freely on there so I think it was just kind of uh, almost out of necessity because it's like well you know my old partner she wrote so much it's like well I gotta if I'm gonna just keep doing it if we're just gonna be doing acoustic stuff for a while and not having a full band and not being able to have a bunch of musicians and develop all these songs like to keep people engaged I can't just keep playing the same four chords over and over and over in the same structure you know I gotta be doing other stuff so it's like uh, that's how that really came about it was just kind of you know a need to wanna to not get stagnant you know and now it's I think one of my it's a great tool for me to have because I can use it
1: yeah. so it seems like you you, you
4: you created something for you that you
1: grew into
4: in, in, in,
1: in out of necessity yeah yeah and you've been able to, to parlay it into like performance stuff. Yeah, yeah. definitely, definitely cuz it's
4: just that's how I do a lot of the stuff. It's just kind of experimentation and hit and miss and stuff stuff doesn't work out. Even like with the recordings, that was out a necessity too and now like I love doing recordings, you know. Um and finding like the na- the natural sound of a place and trying to capture those recordings and stuff like that. So uh for me like even, you know, even guitar like regular guitar, I never learned how to play it like hums, you know, how supposed to play it or know the chords or anything <laughs> and it's just like you know just develop your own style and your own feel the biggest thing for me is feel you know if I can feel it out then I can I can create something out of it even if it's in a weird tuning or even if it doesn't you know seem like it should make sense um, and I think that that opens up more possibilities and, but it, yeah it definitely came out of necessity
1: nice just, you know. if people want to find your music uh, where can they find it
4: well I'm on SoundCloud I'm on Facebook and all that stuff the SoundCloud site is soundcloud.com/art, but then there's like a little hash, Zavala Hash Junior. But like I said, they just they just Google my name. Man, I don't know why I don't know why I did that when I put it in there. I can't I can't get it off. So uh, that's,
1: that's the problem with the internet. Yeah, man. it's like uh, ah, yeah, you pick that URL, you're stuck with it.
4: Yeah, exactly. My Facebook is just Arts Zavala Junior Music, so uh, that's easy enough. But yeah, if they just Google my name, if they you know they'll see it on your guys' site. You yeah. Google that, and they'll, they'll link them right to my SoundCloud page. Nice, and, and I, said, uh, we, I think we have a link on our site that takes to
1: your Facebook page and everything to go from there. It might go to your sound. I don't remember which one I, I linked it to, but
4: yeah, yeah. And all of them, all of them have the other websites linked to them. Yeah, like in, the, in the about section. So if they find one, they'll find the rest. Nice.
1: Yeah. Well, our, it's always a pleasure having you in the, in the studio with us, man. And, I oh, appreciate let's see, it. i to see you play live again real soon, man. So keep up the good work. And uh, we have doing some beer tasting here in a few minutes. If you want, you're welcome to hang and uh, kick back, man. All right.
4: Thanks for having yeah. me, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, oh. absolutely.
1: You listen to this the Talks to Radio Network. Take a quick break. This one here is Corey Joseph Clark called Throwing Stones. Back up to this. <laughs>
3: Go with your children. We say the Pledge of Allegiance together. I'm one out of every four children in America, and I'm struggling with hunger. I'm lucky to grow up or I could be whatever I want. I want to grow up and be someone who doesn't go to bed hungry. Please visit feedingamerica.org today and find your local food bank. Every dollar you donate helps provide seven meals for kids like me. Together, we're Feeding America. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Where do you want to go to
6: lunch? I'm having a stroke. Did you hear what I said? I'm having a stroke. Why aren't you answering me? I'm having a stroke.
3: When someone is having a stroke, they may not be able to say it with words, but their body language will tell you loud and clear. Look for FAST, F, face drooping, A, arm weakness, S, speech difficulty, T, time to call 911 immediately. Know the sudden signs. Spot a stroke fast. Visit StrokeAssociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council.
4: The views and opinions expressed by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily
0: reflect those of Talk Story Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors.
4: This is Parker
8: Ainsworth. You're listening to Swoop's World, where things are awesome all the time. Remember that. Peace. Me and Mama driving, I don't know why she's
5: crying out again.
1: It's time for Brewskis, our beer tasting segment right here at Swoops Row Late Night, sponsored by DrinksWineSpirits.com. So grab yourself a glass, pour yourself a brew, and join us right now for Brewskis, sponsored by DrinksWineSpirits.com.
2: Happy Wednesday. Welcome to another excellent beer tasting segment. At least hopefully. We're hoping it's an next <laughs> I have high hopes, though, because uh, we're tasting one from Beachwood Barbecue. For those of you not familiar, we've had these guys on the show. That was like two years ago now, probably, right? It's
1: been a bit, yeah.
2: They came in and brought us a, a growler full of goodness. Uh, tonight, we're drinking Hop Foo. Uh, so here's what they have to say about their own brew. Hop Foo is the creation of national multi-award Winning home brewer, Kelsey McNair. He trekked up to Beechwood to help us brew a batch of his masterful West Coast IPA. This hoppy, aromatic beer is chocked full of Warrior, Columbus, Centennial, Simcoe, Amarillo, and Citrus Hops. IBUs, 99+. Now, remember just two weeks ago, we were drinking a beer that was pretty hoppy? Yes. And it was in like 68, 67 <laughs> IBUs. This has got... At least 50% more. So hop. this is going to be some some hoppiness, uh, it, it, at least if it lives up to its, its description. So that's what we know about this brew. Nice. So there you go, boys. Salute. Salute. And our guest has joined us for the beer tasting. Absolutely. Salute. Oh, my God. That smells good.
4: All right. Give us your thoughts, brother. <laughs> ah, I enjoyed it, I think it tastes really good you know, I don't drink too much beer myself I drink more whiskey and stuff like that but uh, I enjoyed it it's got, a, it's got a really great taste to it
1: Yes. one you ready or you need a couple yeah, more yeah. sips? Yeah. Alright man
4: Breathing a little fire with this <laughs> uh,
10: Definitely lives up to its name yeah. There are an abundance of hops in this thing But it still, it still doesn't, you know, make you want to run crying. It's good stuff, man. I'm enjoying this.
2: Peter, I'm loving this. Uh, This is my idea of of a beer that you know I could be drinking all the time. Uh, I forgot to mention this is a 7.2% alcohol, which we always like that. So this is definitely falls into the kick-ass IPA category. Uh, And as we've talked about, some of these IPAs, there's kind of different styles. You know, there's the style that has the, the maltiness uh, with the IPA, and we think, like, the Maharaja and uh, I'm drawing blanks on some of the other ones. But those are the maltier IPAs. This is the other spectrum, just, like, straight, almost forward, right at you, hops, 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 hops from start to finish. And that, uh, this one falls in that category, which is a category I do like. This
1: is a, a superb adult beverage. Hey. I <laughs> I'm liking this a lot. Um, you know, the hoppiness in it is, is – Fantastic. Um, the taste, I mean, just going down. It's nice and smooth. And, yeah. Um, but you get that big bouquet right, right yeah. Stick your nose to Anywhere near this cup. This is a great. This is a great beer. Uh, probably one of the better ones I've had in a long time. I and mean, we've had some good beers in the last. Yeah. Uh, we've last had couple a good months. little run lately. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I like it uh, quite a bit. You know? and like you said, the hops, the hops are there. Uh, you don't get a, a whole lot of malt, but enough you right. know, so to kind of balance it out. So it's good stuff, man. Art on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being best.
4: Well, I mean, I have to give it a 10 just as far as recommending it for people to try and drink. I mean, there's nothing that would stop me from, you know, telling someone to go give it a try. Like and I said, I enjoyed it a lot, so. Nice! Alright!
10: Alright, well, uh, I am just going to come right
2: out like it did and give it a 9. Nice. I'm digging this one, man. Yeah. Uh and I'm I'm at a nine and a half. And I'm right there with you,
1: man. I'm at a solid nine and a half. Spectacular Yes, indeed. That makes my life easy. <laughs> That's what I live for,
10: brother. <laughs> <laughs> Math and I are not on good terms right now, but I can confidently say that tonight's beer is a solid 9.5. <laughs> yeah, nice.
2: Well, so for those of you looking, uh, 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 Beachwood, as we mentioned, they're, they're local. Uh, and they're on the promenade, and uh, they currently, here's some of the other great beers on tap. they got the Alpha Master, which I've had is quite good. Control Malt Delete. Haven't had that one. The foam
1: top. <laughs> That's funny. The, yeah,
2: the foam top uh, cream ale. I have had that good. The hop ninja.
1: We've had hop ninja.
2: Quite good, but not as good as this one, no, I don't think. Uh, the hop ramen. Not had that yet. Hops of Brixton. Not too bad. The Kilgore. It's an American stout. Have not had that. The mocha machine. Imperial chocolate coffee porter. Nine point two percent alcohol haven't had that, but that sounds good. Skyline Gold is a Kolsch. Uh, it's a German-style beer. Utter Love, which we tasted here. That was one of the ones they ate when they, they brought to us. Yeah, know. which is spectacular. Milk Stout, beautiful. Una Taut, It's a Saison. We'll all, probably all skip that. And Uno is a Belgian single. So anyhow. The,
1: the insight on the uh, ramen one. Was it hop Ramen?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I inquired. That's the best one uh, They said it's... Uh, Citrusy, uh, okay. said uh, you know if you like the citrusy flavors and stuff like that, uh, you know you might like it. But if you guys if you're a West Coast uh, IPA kind of guy, you like the hops, the hop foo would be the hop choice.
2: Hop foo, hop ninja, yeah. and Alpha Master are all kind of in that category too. What all are right. we eating with this beer? Uh, well, you know, personally, this is a standalone beer. This is a like wake up in the morning, start drinking until you pass out kind of beer. Uh, and but I can do it again. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, repeat, rinse, do over. Um this one, if you're gonna go beer uh, go go with food on this one, uh you know, this time of the year, barbecue is what we're doing, right? Outdoors, great weather and all that. This'll hold up to pretty much like ribs, potato salad and greens, you know, something like that. This can definitely hold its own on that. It's gonna overwhelm pretty much all your your, your wussy foods. You know, skip the pasta salad. Um, maybe some Coleslaw smacked on top of your uh, your your pastrami or your uh, you know something like that. This will go as well. Big think, big hearty um, food to go with the big hearty beer. Cool, very very
7: cool. There you have it.
1: Sushiroll.com, so check them out. I'm hearing things, I must go. Timo, <laughs> hey guys, what's happening, man? Long time no see. Oh, man, what's
10: going and, uh, you guys have had your uh, your travels. I've been I've been here. Yeah.
2: Um, Sweating it out. I heard we had some hot weather. It was a little warm. Not as hot as where soup was though. No. Uh, thankfully. <laughs> hey hey
1: you bitches! Uh, I sent you the. Uh, I challenged you guys to. <laughs> I got no response.
2: I didn't get anything. I don't know what he's talking about.
1: Uh, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The fun thing is. Apparently
2: Oklahoma's not in a drought.
1: That was done here.
10: I think that would be irresponsible. <laughs> no, you know, I, I have been challenged by like four different people. Uh, you know,
1: it's funny because I, I went on this rant uh, with some friends of mine uh-huh. uh, while I was gone on these stupid ice bucket challenges. And then like 48 hours later my son challenges me to one
7: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: i can't. kid but I gotta do it. I gotta do it now but uh <laughs> I don't have to do shit me <laughs> neither <Shit>
7: <laughs>
1: <laughs> if I do it I will send you the video but it's
10: not going out later like interwebs yeah give so yeah. some money to some charities uh, so
1: yeah uh, you gotta well yeah you can to the charity. Uh-huh. so what
4: uh you've done any things? to uh, I haven't <laughs> it's, it's cold as hell. <laughs> That's the selling the thing point. For me. I think it's been super successful. I think they raised fifteen million. Bucks yeah, they now. said the
1: ALS at this time last year had raised about a million, million plus, right? Since the Ice Challenge thing started, they raised. They're like at seventeen million. Not this time last cool. year. At this time before the Ice Bucket Challenge, they right. raised about a million. Some, and since that, they've raised like seventeen additional million dollars. So it, it's brought awareness to it. That's yeah, I mean,
4: a good thing, man. It, you know, it's easy for us to be negative about it. And I think, like, you know, especially in California with the drought, you know, we probably shouldn't be doing it and wasting water. And I, I read this. I forget the number of gallons that we've wasted doing that in California. But at the same time, you know, at least they're taking advantage of people who are doing stuff anyway and raising money for people who really need it. Yeah. So there's you know, like for those, for those
2: who are worried about wasting water, skip one shower yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying I mean seriously I mean
4: yeah. you're using some water you <laughs> still
2: wasted less than the DWP
4: did a couple weeks ago <laughs> right. right you know like our green lawns and all that kind of stuff Like people people always want to yeah. get on a, on a don't water your a don't line. water your
2: lawn one day <laughs> one day right? and you're yeah. way you're, you're way ahead at that point well, Yeah. Exactly. That, like,
1: like showers people are using you know took 20, 30 gallons of water.
2: I believe it. Yeah. I believe it.
10: I take a lot of cold showers.
1: <laughs> I am constantly <laughs> yelling at my kids, showers <laughs> are short, showers are short. And they're
2: like, I'm like, then get the hell out.
1: Uh, it's, uh, yeah, uh, did your you kids do this? My son did this. He goes, I'm going to take a shower. All right. And then, you know, he comes bopping back in. in. Is, it, is the water wrong? It's gotta warm up. No, dude, get your ass in there. <laughs> <laughs> you're like rear texted. Yeah. Like just water, just flowing. a no,
2: no. It's no. A sauna now. No, it's yeah, you get in. No A, shower. You, you it's a you sauna. Get
1: in, take a shower, and get out.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a big fan of the uh, George Bush because I think the guy's a doofus. But he actually did a pretty funny. Uh, somebody, I don't know how I saw it. Somebody showed me how. Uh, showed, somebody sent me the link where he does a whole little thing and he makes like he's not gonna do it. So he's gonna write out a check, his wife comes along and dumps it all over him. And did you that, see the
1: one that uh, oh, yeah, Bill was, Gates uh, did? Oh no, I didn't miss that one. Yeah, he like he got challenged, and then he videotapes. He builds a whole system, <laughs> <laughs> frame with a bucket, <laughs> pulley system. <It's> a crazy <laughs> Ruth Goldberg thing. Yeah. <laughs> 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 then he does the thing, and he pulls the thing, and it's like a well, it's Gatorade mm. size so thing. It's just. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I saw some team did that too I didn't, I didn't even catch I just saw the end thing where like and people lined up Yeah. I saw they
1: that one, yeah. Gatorade I mean, they have the silent... fire hose too right yeah
2: yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. I I, like I said I just caught one part of it I was like whoa that's taking it to a whole new level yeah. Yeah, it's good it's good if it raises money for a, so you, you guys call.
1: didn't you didn't accept the challenge so you all scratched out checks for ALS so I, good going, guys
4: didn't say how much you had to scratch out, right? Yeah, I've actually seen. Have you seen videos of people who actually have ALS who have like put their own videos and took like they had to have somebody do it for them, but taking the challenge too. Oh, I have that. It just kind of brings 17th. brings, uh, brings on the point of like these people who you know are, can't move, and it's just like yeah, you know, there's a lot. like we said, there's a lot of you know people giving negative stuff, but skip a shower, you know. Mm-hmm. Wait till you go to the restroom four times before you flush. Yeah. That's enough <laughs> water for you to do the challenge. <laughs> right? You can't yeah. argue with fifteen million dollars for research for something you know no, that sure. can help people get a better life. I mean,
1: a little life for Luke Eric, but uh, the rest. The rest, <laughs> rest <came before. laughs> Too soon.
4: <laughs> see? See? You see. look at me
1: like a <laughs> 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 I don't know. You
10: were there that day. <laughs> <laughs>
7: today. Today. today, today. <laughs> I consider. <laughs> <laughs>
10: Myself. <laughs> <laughs> Actually,
7: that's
1: one of, the, one of those moments in history that I wasn't
10: <laughs> 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 <Best. laughs> there. Yeah. Lifelong Yankee ball. Yeah, well, yeah.
1: I've seen it. <laughs> Don't know that I witnessed it.
7: <laughs>
10: but, you know, I, I had a friend uh, in town this last weekend, uh, my old neighbor. She's living in Spain for the what was supposed to be a year. Now it's looking like two or three. Oh, it's and, out. It's yeah, <laughs> yeah. She found a nice cushy little job over there teaching English, so uh, got to see her a little bit. And uh, I was actually at the Seal Beach Beachwood on Sunday, but yeah, you know, they don't feel growlers there, so. Now
1: they still serve good
10: beers. They food. sure do. They only had two Beachwood beers on tap there, though. It was kind of amazing. Really? Yeah. So, because you know, when we were going over the list here, I remember when they first opened, they would usually have like five or six of their own beers. And yep. then guest taps the whole restaurant. Right. So now they're up to, like, they they carry, like, 12 at a time of their own. Usually, yeah, yeah. They do good stuff. So I'm, I'm all about that positive development. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was, you know, it was a bummer not having the show last week. But we got by one day at a time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one day at a time. <laughs> now,
1: uh, those of you listening, we're we going to be in no show for the next two weeks. But we'll be back in three weeks where our guests will be... The tramps. And don't think this inferno. tramps. These are three white guys' tramps. So, it's mm. a different, different... Bummer. Different group. Man, you just burst my <laughs> bubble right there, man. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we got the tramps coming in, and we'll be back on the 10th of September. Yes, t the Draft Kings, man?
10: All righty. Well, <laughs> you guys are all getting ready for your fantasy sports, your fantasy football drafts, and you're really crossing your fingers that you get a good high draft pick because can make or break your season. Well, that is not the case with DraftKings. And if you go right now to swoopsworld.com slash DraftKings or click that banner on the right side of the page, you get a free entry into a large money giveaway. And in that process, you get to go ahead and play fantasy football one week at a time. And if you don't like the team you got, if you got Johnny Manziel as your quarterback thinking he was going to be named the starter this week <laughs> and now you're upset... <laughs> He's not going to start until at least week three.
7: Who actually
10: Fear thought he was going to
1: start at the beginning of the well, season?
10: Well, some douchebag at ESPN who was <laughs> pumping his name for the last year and a half. God. Johnny Bench is what they should call him. But that's okay. Either that or Johnny the Bird. Mm-hmm. But uh, hey, you know, well,
1: drafting, you gotta, you got to fly one of
10: your shoulders Absolutely. Once or twice in your career. Yeah. It, k- thankfully, it's preseason, They're so always no, looking nobody right was actually watching it live.
1: <laughs> yeah, but you uh, you get to see the, the fuzzied out picture uh, the
10: next week on <laughs> <and>, uh, <laughs> <all> the news.
7: <laughs> <laughs>
10: but the cool thing with DraftKings is that if you don't like your team, you get to do a new one the next week. So uh, go there. Like I said, there's a banner on the right side of the page that says DraftKings, or go to swoopsworld.com slash DraftKings. You get entered into a big-money giveaway. And uh, the commitment phobe you will be very happy because, like I said, it's one week at a time.
7: One week at a
1: time. Now, uh, Peter, I know you were at REI the other day. Did you uh, see
2: the Where to Bike
1: Orange County? Where
2: to the Bike Where to Bike Orange County was present. Oh, nice. There was uh, only two copies. You better get over there quickly. Well, here's, here's
1: what I noticed about Here's what I noticed about them: is that uh, every time I go there, they always have at least one copy. Sometimes it's three copies, sometimes it's two copies, sometimes it's one copy. But they, they must they must continually reorder, man. So they always have uh, a couple of, There was one time I was there and they didn't have it, and I asked about it, and they go, well, you want a special order? And I'm thinking, no, I already got one, but
3: <laughs> <laughs> I think
1: you ought to get some more in the store. to start. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm bring it to your attention. I know some people that would like to come in here and get it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> where to bike orange county uh book i wrote uh covers the 80 best rides in orange county 50 of those are adult rides 30 of those are strictly kid rides places you can you know sit there and watch your kid do loops while they crash and burn many times (laughs) when they're ready to go uh on those bigger longer rides with cars involved uh there's 50 rides to take them on um Rides are geared towards the recreational rider. They cover everything from the very, very casual 4, 5, 6-milers to the much more uh, rigorous 50-mile rides. Every ride has a, an accurate ride log, uh, places to stop, uh, a little bit of history along the way, sights to see, and uh, things to do. Uh, the, ride, the, the whole book comes with a companion app, which is quite useful. It links into your Google Maps, uh, helps keep you from getting lost. The book can be found at the, as we mentioned, the REI, uh, Barnes and Noble. I was also there recently; they have it in stock here in Long Beach, as well as uh, the ones in Orange County. I saw it Barnes and Noble. Yeah. I went on my trip. And, uh, and of course, local bike shops are carrying it. Uh, if you are not interested in leaving your house to go search these places to find it, you can go to the Shoes World homepage and or any page. And uh, there's an ad there that will take you to that mega store known as Amazon, and they will ship it directly to your doorstep. So you don't have to leave your we house. Some underneath the drone? Yeah, possibly, possibly. <laughs> uh, um, but it will be delivered directly to your house, and uh, if you go that route, uh, Soups World will earn a few more pennies. Uh, so we always appreciate that.
1: Helps uh, keeps the lights on in the studio. Keeps
2: the lights on. There you go. So where to bike? Orange County. Check it out. For all
1: your fitness needs, uh, if you're in the Long Beach area, check out our good friend Jack Nunn over at RowWorks, R-O-W-O-R-X, located at 5750 Boathouse Lane. You can find him at www.rowworks.com or give him a call at 562-688-1716. He's got indoor rowing, boot camp, personal training, much, much more. Let him know that Swiss Rows Tinching, your first week, is free. Audible.com.
2: Audible.com. Well audible.com okay so what do we talk about here the 150,000 titles um audible.com is a way to listen to the books why would you listen to a book well we've been covering all the different reasons why so i was on an airplane for six eight hours something like <laughs> some combination thereof. trust me there's a reason you know <laughs> you just reach that point where reading a book is just you're bouncing right it's just not comfortable put in the buds and listen to a book and uh, so i did do that uh You're traveling in a car, and you have yeah, and you have maybe two or three kids in that car, and you don't want to hear those kids. That's another good type. Swoop uses them, uh, listens to these books while he rides his bike his many, many, many miles. Uh, How many? What what title are you up to now?
1: Uh, I was doing a repeat today. uh, This last week, uh, you know, I just the one I got for for my credit this month I'd already listened to, so. uh, as I was riding around Oklahoma, uh, I was listening to a lot of ones already home, so I already own. So, you know me, I was going over the uh, Nathan McBride stories. <laughs> there you go. Because I like sniper
2: stories. There you go. Well, 150,000 titles. Uh, great talent. Some really great talent are, are reading these books. Um, something for everybody. So, audible.com. If you go to the home, Swiss World homepage, uh, there's a banner ad there. Or any of the pages, actually. And uh, if you go to there, they will get you your first book. Your first download is free. Or you can go to audibletrial.com slash swoopsworld.
7: And uh,
2: that will get you there as well. Two times in a row. I know, right? And, uh, again, your first download is free. I mean, this is free free money here. Free money. (laughs) So check it out. Um, It's a great way to, to explore this. And... Tons and tons of titles, something for everybody. And obviously, if you go through that route, if you go that route, uh, not only do you get a free book, but uh, Soup's World will earn a few more pennies. That's it, man.
1: Uh, you listen know, to Soup's talks Talk in network. I'm gonna take a quick break, and we're about ten minutes shy, nine minutes shy of Anthony Davis calling in. We'll talk to him about a few things in sports. Of course, we got T-Bone's timeout and all kinds of other shenanigans for the rest of the show. But uh, this is the Black Whiskey Union. This is called Gone. Back after this. Thank you.
0: so Jacqueline yes mom I wanted to talk to you about something and oh wait hold on I just got a text oh wait mom I just got a message so many comments on my comment hey guys check out my new video game mom what huh what'd you
1: say
10: this weekend unplug getting closer to nature can get you closer to your family to find the forest nearest you go to discovertheforest.org brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council
3: Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Let TalkStream Live transform the way you listen to radio. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Mobile Talk Radio from Talk Stream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store.
0: You are listening to the Talk Story Radio Network.
3: This is Daddy do Drop. they said was free. Yeah.
5: Chica boom, Chica boom. Don't you
6: just love it.
10: To both unmute the mics and swat that skeeter out of the air. And we'll get the website right. S- much, much right. <laughs> it's gonna be an hour. Gonna a
9: Good evening good
1: evening i'd like to welcome anthony davis uh usc a five-time national champion football baseball as well as nfl cfl usfl i don't know how many other fls you play but uh always great to have you on the show ad how you doing man
9: con- well first of all i control them all but you know I first before i start i want to say hello to two ladies of mine uh the, little, the woman by the name of lilton and- Linda Belton, and a lady by the name of Colleen McCulley. Oh, nice. Colleen's my girl. So I want to make a shout-out to them tonight. Hope they're doing well. Hope they didn't eat too much tonight. Keep those figures together. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, well, AD, no? it's, it's, it's been a couple of weeks since we talked to you, and I'm just going to let you know right now uh, we're back tonight. We are going to be off for the next two weeks back on September 10th. Uh,
9: What's wrong you guys? You guys don't want to talk to me anymore? Man, we just
1: got vacation time. We got kids, man. You know how that works in the summertime. Man, you got to do, do those kid things before school
10: starts. I've stacked up. up weeks worth of unpaid vacation. <laughs> <laughs>
7: <laughs>
1: well, let's get things rolling, man. Uh, let's talk about uh, – where are we going to start with? Let's start with Scroggins, man, uh, quarterback uh, – Collegiate quarterback over in Arizona was once a, uh, an SC, uh, SC prospect, huh?
9: Well, the thing is that, that, that I sort of followed kid I know he came out of the Moore League. I think I'm correct. With that. Yeah, he played for Lakewood. That's right. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know Pete Carroll recruited him, and uh, and Pete Carroll thought high of him. And I know with all the debacles, the, 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 the sanctions in that seed and you know, Pete left, and I guess he got caught up when Klay Kiffin came in there. For some reason, it was falling out. Not really sure. He, the kid got discouraged, and uh, because from what I understand, the kid has all the skills. I mean six foot three, 225, can make all the throws. And based on what I've heard, that Pete Carroll was really high on this kid. Then when Kiffin came in, things changed. And sometimes those things change when you have when you have a coach leave and depart and go somewhere else. And I guess he got caught up in the and I would figure that since Lane Kiffin was a coach on the staff of Pete Carroll, he would sort of honor the wishes of this kid having an ability. Now I know Matt Barkley was uh, the quarterback that came in, but based on the physicality, there's no comparison because the kid can run. He's, he's more mobile. His arm is stronger, and he's bigger. But for some reason, they ended up going with uh, with uh, with Matt Barkley. But that was okay for Matt Barkley to go. But after Barkley, the understanding from my understanding was Matt Barkley, after he was done, that was Sargent's position to take. But, but when, when Kiffin was there, it didn't happen that way. So the kid got discouraged, transferred. I think he ended up at Al Camino. Now he's at Arizona. I understand he's going to be the starter. And I think he's been bitter about it. I think if he does what everybody projected him to be. This could maybe come back and haunt UFC in some kind of way. Because uh, I know he has a chip on the shoulder, and it's a good chip, I hope. But they said the kid has all the twos and make all the throws. So look out, SC. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, you know, SC's got their hands full, too, because they, they got a lot of stuff heading up in front of them as well. But this kid's struggling. I understand that if he's head is on right, he can be a beast. That's all the occasion I've had. He just didn't, hes never had the opportunity in, the, in a major conference to do his thing. Now here is his opportunity. I thought last year he probably started, but obviously it didn't work out. But they said he—he's the man now.
1: Speaking of other quarterbacks, uh, Ohio State lost Braxton Miller for the year. Uh, got hurt in practice. Uh, you know, we talk about uh, contact in practice and things like that. And I'm not sure how he, how he actually got hurt. Um, but uh, where, does, uh, where does Ohio State go from
9: here? Well, first of all, I mean, you lose a guy like Braxton Miller, who I think can play in the National Bowl. he got, from what I understand, he was just threw the ball and he went to his knee. I mean, he threw his arm out, just throwing it. So, I mean, that's amazing. This is his cat surgeon. He threw it out just now. I didn't get any hit. And, uh, uh, of course, when you lose the head of the snake like that, and Ohio State was projected to go undefeated, you never know what's gonna happen now. I know this other kid that's replacing him, so it was a highly taught kid coming out of the Ohio area, or wherever he's from, uh if he can step in and fill the shoes, which that's gonna be hard to fill because systematic wise, Braxton you knowing being the leader of that team, Irvin you know, Myers Urban Meyer's a great coach, but you know, you you coaching those so if you don't have the talent to fill those shoes, you no know, telling what can happen. You'll be competitive, but to go undefeated we don't know that yet. I don't see it.
1: When you – Let's talk about another quarterback. We're talking a professional level. All these people are, 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 are complaining or are talking this, that, and the other. I, I don't know who, yeah, besides as Steve bone said, some guy from ESPN. I don't know who really, really expected um, Johnny Manziel to start the season. Uh, but it's, it's been big news that Hoyer's going to be the starting quarterback. You know, and, and one of the guys I, I was listening to today said, "Well, Hoyer will be the starting quarterback till the fourth week because the third week they have a bye." And it, but I never, I never expected the kid to start. Uh, th- did you expect him to start, or do you think there's some issues here that he's not starting?
9: First of all, let me let me say this to you. You know, I mean, you know, being a former NFL player, playing in the league, any league, I'm Here's the deal. Look. The Cleveland Browns have a new coaching staff. Even new coaches are getting their head around the system. It's academic. Johnny Manziel's problem, or anything, is academic. He's learning the system and trying to learn the system with the ball players around himself. Now, the other kid has the edge on him in that way. But is he is is he as mobile as Johnny? No. Is he a playmaker like Johnny? No. The problem is what, the, what people tend to forget, and football people know this. You got a new staff you got different players and different pieces. They're not all in sync. That's what I saw. I didn't even have to be, be out there be, watch, and watch Washington, in Cleveland. I could see it right there. It was dysfunctional. So I do believe down the road that Johnny would be in there. But the issues that Cleveland Browns has is like any new coaching staff. I mean, the coaches don't have it together, let alone the ball players. That's what I see. So that's, so that's mainly the problem, okay? It doesn't matter if he starts or he doesn't start; it's still going to be a mess until they, until they figure it out. Now they were talking about, well, we put players in around. Well, that doesn't work either, because those players have never worked with Johnny. He's only they haven't been together three or four weeks, and, and and then the off-season time they didn't have enough to get, get things in sync. And then if you want to talk about Johnny Miguel about going to Vegas and doing this, okay, well, I don't know about all that. But if I was him, I would tone down on that too, because that'll catch up to them. But it doesn't matter who steps in there; it doesn't matter, because it starts at the head. You got to start from ownership all the way down to where the coaching staff. And if the coaching staff ain't on and is not in sync, how the players gonna be in sync? Yeah, I I think that uh, you know anybody
10: who watched the Browns Redskins game on Monday night could tell you that no, neither of these guys is ready to be the starting quarterback from a meshing with your offense standpoint. I mean, it was, it was ugly. I mean, neither of them played well at all. But
9: let me, say, let me say this to you. Let me say this to you. If you put Tom Brady in there, it would still be dysfunctional. Yeah. No, it would, it would be Doesn't awful. matter. No. And, and, Doesn't and, matter who's and, that. And, the, and the, that's what I'm saying is that
10: this announcement about Hoyer being the starter has nothing to do with who performed better or worse on the field on Monday night. This announcement has to do with the fact that, Clearly, Manzel needs a couple weeks at least more, holding a clipboard and soaking things in. And that's okay. I mean, it used to be the norm. For that was the norm, exactly. I mean, rookie you know, quarterbacks Steve, used Steve to sit out for a whole season for, for or more. Montana for yeah. a and, couple seasons. And, and <laughs> yeah, we've seen a couple of rookies come in and do phenomenal things yeah. over these last several years. But I think when you've got your rookie who he has just, I mean, I, I think that him flipping off the Redskins guys on the sideline, I'm, I'm sure that stuff happens all the time anyway, but I think for that to happen to a guy who gets as much media attention as he has, that's just one sign that maybe we need to take the foot off the gas in terms of how much we throw at him in, a, in the public eye and let him learn this a little bit more without
9: all that. Let me, say this, to let me say this to you, as a former player, they don't need the whole season to get it yet. <laughs> mm-hmm. They going to need the whole the, season to get it The Browns aren't going to the playoffs this year, regardless. So why aren't going to do The Browns thing will, for the
10: idea of throwing him in like Troy Aikman and
9: letting the him Browns, win thing, one game. Browns. are not. The Browns ain't going is not going to do too much. They need a whole year to digest mm-hmm. everything. A whole year. They just need a season just to get acclimated to each other and a system. Mm-hmm. Okay, they're not like the Patriots. They're not like the 49ers. They're not like the Seahawks or the Steelers or whatever. They have to be. They have to be acclimated together as players, rhythm and system. I'm going to keep going back to. This. They're they they they're just still toughly sticking their tongue out. Just just getting the taste of the system. You go up against veteran players who who who, who know their system uh, second nature. That's what they're going against. You you, you can't compete with those guys up there. at The speed of the game like that. It, it, it's gonna take. It's gonna take Minzelle just practice a whole year just to dodge it and get everything to the point where he can do it like biting his fingernails. Mm-hmm. That's how that's how it is. You just can't piecemeal a team in a national football league expecting to compete with anybody. I don't care how good the player is. When I was down at Tampa Bay, we had the best one-two running game in the game with me and Ricky Bell, but we had no suite, and we had piecemeal players from different teams. That's why we went on twenty six. <laughs> we had great players, but we were never in sync. That's the same thing with the Browns. The same it's, thing, it's, it's and then now that they got they got suspension looming over here, but the wide receiver might be have a year of suspension. You know, you got all kind of issues going on with the Browns.
1: Yeah. It's interesting, though, Ad, that uh, that people consider like like you were saying. You know, there was a time where you know coming out of coming out of college, I don't care how highly touted you were. Especially in the quarterback position, you kind of you kind of had to hold the clipboard for a couple of years, and at least you know at least a season without barring injury, uh, you know at least a season or so. And uh, I think uh, we've had a few guys come out and, and, and play right away. But uh, overall, don't don't most guys uh, need need to, to kind of get acclimated to the to the system and to the league and the speed of the league and all that kind of stuff.
9: Well, look, you just take my – example. I had every, I had all kind of speed come out of school. You Know and it's been easy, it's easy to me just because I was a running back. The thing is, a running back, you know, if I got the players around the system is, is exactly right for me, I, I'm gonna perform. But a quarterback is, is totally different, you know. But, but the thing about the Browns, what I'm saying the, the, the terminology is so difficult. I mean, simplify it. This ain't no algebra class, dude. <laughs> just, 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 just simplify the damn thing. Football is football, is football. but don't be coming up. Jet right 81, stop right, stop left, and and, and, and stop go. I mean, <laughs> you know, like you're reading Chinese and stuff. And and, and you got these coaches in your ear with the helmet. I mean, look, if, if you know your system, if if you know your system's gonna be difficult, but you got these new players from different organizations, simple, simplify, and then you develop as you go. You know, these guys are still trying to develop to find out, You may come out of school or not. The physicality is there, and everything, but it's a, the, the NFL is an academic league along with physicality. You got to have them both. One don't work without the other, and that's what the Browns, and that's and that's what separates most of teams anyway. Look at all the consistency. Look at Peyton Manning. Look at Tom Brady. Look at Drew Brees. These guys have it now. That's where everybody has to get to. Look at the Seahawks. Look at the Seahawks. A at the Seahawks. A ton of years. but Let me say this to you. Here's what the phenomenon is about the Seahawks. Look at, look at Russell. What, three years? Super Bowl champ? That's phenomenal. You know why? They simplify. That's what Pete does. He makes it simplified so he can knock people's heads off, and that's what he's about. That's why the Seahawks are so successful, and, 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 and he's the new model. And if, if teams around the league doesn't follow his, his model or try to influence him they're smoking something. He's already pulled it. They're the team to beat in the NFL. And the two teams beat in the NFL Mark and it was San Francisco and and the Seahawks.
10: You know, I, I want to go back real quick to what you said about the quarterbacks with the radio in their helmets. I don't know if you I don't know how much of the game you watched on Monday night, but after they pulled RG3, after the Redskins pulled RG3, and they've got Kirk Cousins in there, who I think is a great little quarterback. He's, he's a solid, solid quarterback. He's got a future somewhere other than Washington. But we're talking about a preseason game where they're playing at home. There's maybe 20,000 people in the stands, and he's out there on offense. Putting his hands over the ear holes of his helmet so he can hear the radio better. Like the noise is too loud. <laughs> like, bro, if you can't hear this now, you're fucked. Come
9: <laughs> Well the thing well see the thing the thing the thing is what he did do, if you if, if the crowd noise is up, he cut the radio off and then go off his hand, off go off his wrist paint, okay? Mm-hmm. And let and, and let him have a secondary to go through instead of worrying about hearing the, the microphone. You know, I know some teams do that, but, but you don't let me depend on the microphone because anything can malfunction. If it malfunctions, you got to go to that ref, and I you got to have I a series just, I just of plays to call. Really
10: because this it's, is the second week in a row that I watched a Redskins preseason game, and he did the same thing the week before. And it's like, dude, maybe you need a new one because there's not any <laughs> right.
1: Way. Let me just say, well, and you know, I in, know. Was in high school, you know how we got plays in. The coach send, another, the kid coach the send another kid on the field. <laughs> <laughs> I don't what to play. <laughs>
2: or, or the backup quarterback was over there doing yeah,
1: the, well, that. Yeah, was, well, that was even after. My game. We were, it was like, It was like, come here, come here, dude. All right, down there, go in there, 36 wide, you know, strong. And then you send a guy in, and another guy come off the field, and get the quarterback to play, and guess what? It never any really mistakes. A couple times the quarterback says, fuck that, and I'm not rid of that. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, we, we weren't going to championships anyway, so it's really better. AD, <laughs> let's switch sports a little bit. I know you played some baseball. You probably have a Little, little League. The Little League World Series is going on. Got a, the youngest person ever to grace the front page of Sports Illustrated uh, playing is a female by the name of Moni Davis. And uh, she's quite a pitcher playing for uh, Philadelphia there. They lost today, but have you been following her uh, this uh, during
9: the World Series? Here, yeah, I've been following her a little bit. She might be related to me. I hope she's not. <laughs> but I mean, the thing I like about the little girl is the fact that she she sort of looks a little bit like my granddaughter, believe it or not. And uh, I like her poise. The fact that she can throw the baseball, at good control. I like that. They stumbled a little bit with this Nevada team tonight, but. I think they got a good read on them. They might, they might end up facing them for the uh, facing them again. You never know. But I like what I saw on her, I, and she's very intelligent. She has great presence when she get interviewed. She looks like a seasoned veteran out there being interviewed. Yeah, yeah Matter of fact, she sounds she sounds better than some the major leaguers.
1: <laughs> That's a true statement. There, she's. Uh, I mean, she's thirteen years old. She's throwing fastballs in the uh, sixty nine seventy. I think the fastest one she's throwing is like seventy two miles per hour. Uh, Looking pretty good out there, playing, playing, uh, playing, uh, playing the game there. Uh, it's interesting because, you know, girls are allowed to play in, the little, in play little league, uh, and you know, one of the things that always pop up every time there is a girl playing little league is. You know, why aren't boys allowed to play Bobby socks or whatnot? That's just a- <laughs> well, I, I agree, but <laughs> it pops up. It's usually a question that comes up. Um, you know, uh, and and I've heard it come up uh, recently uh, once again too. Uh, when they when they when they when they, um, when somebody, you know, you only hear about it when somebody is at, as good as she is. You know, uh, I'm sure there's girls playing Little League all, all around the you know the U S. here around the world because I think the the uh, who's it the Japanese team had one a few years ago um, anyway I think it only comes up when when they're, when they're really this you know that that doing that well um, when you were playing coming up I, I don't think that, I don't think you had any girls playing your little league sports but uh what are your thoughts on that
9: well I mean look I mean obviously Monet has a lot of talent if, if a girl has a talent that can compete with the boys because you got to remember girls and sure than boys anyway so I mean. At her age, I mean, she's doing well. I mean, she, she's better than a lot of the boys out there. I mean, I'm sure down the road, you know, the boys will get bigger and mature. But as as, as she sits right now, I mean, she's going to open the door for other girls, she's when well, she's be in the other little girls are going to play. What's but if just, they can play, let them play.
1: What's interesting about to, that is, is, you know, like I said, it's, they, 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 people talk about uh, boys playing Bobby songs. I I watched uh, – some girls that I knew that played uh, Bobby Sox and fast pitch softball who consistently would strike guys out because, I mean, they, they can make that softball do things that a lot of baseballs can do too. And it's just, you know, the talent is, the talent is there, but it's kind of thrown in an underhand manner as opposed to an overhand manner. But, uh, you know, you, you, I don't think that uh, it necessarily would make it easier for some boys to play uh, in, that, in, in those leagues.
9: Well, it'll be difficult for a boy to get that that that, that pitch, and it's it's difficult for anybody to hit those balls, especially coming up the way it comes up and the way it the way it's released out of her hand, yeah. coming underneath. You know, but uh, I think mean, it's phenomenal that the girl can do what she can do, and she's deserving all the ten she's gotten because yeah, I don't think it's been a girl who's ever done what she's done. She's and all a, in I the first one, she. the first
1: one to, first one to, to pitch and, and get get a win, get a win. In, you know. League world series she plays three well
9: sports. she's the she first sports. and she's the first and she's the first to shut anybody out so i mean she can run and she can throw the thing is as old as she gets can she compete so who well, knows I mean, she might want to do this
1: apparently it's not her it's not her number one sport she she wants to uh, play basketball i mean she plays basketball and soccer i think they one of the interviews they said she said her goal is to make it to the wnba uh, so that's what she wants to do, play point guard somewhere. But she's obviously a talented athlete. You're right. She speaks uh, – her interviews are amazing uh, for somebody at, at that age. Just, you know, at that age is one thing to have that kind of, uh, uh, you know, pressure on you and, and giving those interviews. And she she does. She does do, does do a lot better than a lot of professional athletes.
9: Yeah, I'm well, you can give her parents a, a, a pat on the back for doing a good job. Absolutely. You know, it obviously seems like she – understand she does well in school, she's very poised, she's not rattled very easy. That's a credit to her parents. You know, you can always look at a child and see what's going on in the household and you feel like he's doing a a good job. Yeah. And I'm I'm continually amazed every year, you know, Little League World Series
10: time comes around and they you know they've got more teams in there than they did five years ago.
9: Um, one and one thing that I'm one thing that I really like as well.
10: And you know I when I was a kid playing that age, Long Beach had teams that came and won the championship, the World, Little League World Series championship back-to-back, and uh, I remember at the time watching these kids on ESPN, and, you know, it wasn't nearly the media event that it is now, and, I mean, it's almost hard to follow now just because there's so much of it, you know, there are so many more games and more teams and how they had to build a whole other stadium out there, but I mean, for these 11 and 12 and 13-year-old kids to have ESPN cameras in their face and, you know, doing interviews before and after games, it just baffles me that kids at that age, because I mean, I was a good ball player at that age. I was pretty much my peak, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I still, you stick a camera in front of me and I'm going to get all squinch
1: buttons. Well, and throw a ball through the well, bathroom. The thing
9: that I like about what I'm seeing now, and like it was years ago when I was thinking Kids, is like I like the participation even more. So the inner city baseball, to see those minority groups and those minority kids out there in the world competing, that's where it should be because it's been a disparity in terms of a disconnect with inner city baseball. And I'm glad Major League Baseball is stepping in and to see these kids being involved because it's, it's been a it's been a missing point over these years and stuff. So now I'm glad to see and the com- competitiveness is better now. I believe this is a more competitive Little League World Series in years, as far as I'm concerned. Well, uh, real quick, uh, A.D., before we wrap things up, Tilted Kilt, man. Hey, man, listen, you know, the Tilted Kilt, 23rd, I'm going to be down there suited, suited, and booted, eating, talking trash. I'm going to see what these guys will do on this this NFL fantasy draft. I'm going to be walking around talking, signing autographs when everybody come out. August, you know, August 23rd, Saturday, this weekend. Nice. Well, I might, I want have, everybody to, to come out. might
1: have to swing down there and, and check you
9: out, bro. Come on down and get some of that toasted bread and some of that pie. You know what I mean? I mean, you guys are like you're going to jail.
10: <laughs> Wouldn't be well, the first
1: time. <laughs> AD, as always, it's, as always it's, it's great to have a chance to chat with you. Uh, we will chat with you again in about three weeks, man, right here live on the show, man. But, uh well, some of us will try to make it down to the to kilt, kilt Saturday and say hey and, uh, and see what's happening down there.
9: Okay. Take care to them.
10: Thanks a lot, brother. next time, A.D.
1: you listen to Swiss hey. Rumble Talks network. I want to thank Anthony Davis. Shout out to those in the chat room, Alma and uh, Stacy. we know we're listening uh, as well as uh, got some people listening to Central Coast and all over. Those of you listening on the TalkStream Live app, thank you so much. We're going to take a quick break. Listen to John Gannon. This is called Trinity. Back after this
0: so uh
7: so here we go. So, 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 so.
8: ass and trying to teach old ladies right of way in our 1969 cab over camera with a bad fuel pump took a dump halfway up the grapevine glory b we are going to Trinity his- to 99 and pulled into a motel 6 in No, oh no, and dad was up, Tom's early life, I didn't know that he was going to have to fight for some big old boy who'd made himself at home, in our 1969 cab over camper with a lock that was popped, and pop would have shot, but he'd left the gun in the room with me, and we are going to 69 Cabo to be a teacher when you were little but as you grew up things changed teaching just didn't seem like the best option anymore so you decided to become something else but what would your 12 year old self say interesting and innovative things are happening in teaching today so it's time to put it back on your list don't try to convince yourself otherwise you had it right the
3: first time
0: find out how you can make more at teach.org make more teach brought to you by teach and the ed council Did you
8: just look down at your phone? You did it again, didn't you? You know, you're flying down the road in a three-ton hunk of steel, and a text takes your eyes off the road for an average of five seconds. At 55 miles per hour, that's long enough to travel the length of a football field and cause some serious damage. Turn it off. Trust me. Whatever it is, you'll live. Learn more at StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration.
0: talk story radio
5: hello this is steve
8: delamater and hello to all you out there on the interwebs keep it right here on swoops world
5: Shaking baby, wanna go for a spin I got the top down Looking round at places I've been There's a diner on the corner Let's go there
1: and... uh, you know that sound? It's time for sports With T-Bone's timeout. Or as we said here It's T-Bone's
3: <laughs> Timeout.
10: It is good to be back here in studio, (laughs) even if we may be short a microphone. (laughs) I wonder how long it's been gone. Probably since like two weeks ago Thursday. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) I knew it'd take us weeks. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But like I said, it is good to be back here. Um, (laughs) I have a microphone in front of me, and that's really all that matters right now. And if anyone else objects to that, this microphone has a wire, and I can strangle them with it. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, it is time to talk a little more sports. Uh, you know, I just want to throw out one thing that we briefly covered with AD. We were talking about Jesse Scroggins. And uh, this kid, not only did he play in the Moore League, he 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 League. is. He was the quarterback for Lakewood when they beat Pauly for the first time in damn near 30 years. Uh, and they haven't beaten him since. <laughs> so um, that is a transcendent moment, and I know I threw an extra syllable in there, but it's just fun sometimes to do. Um, The kid can play, and I think he's going to do some crazy things with Rich Rodriguez uh, telling him what to do over there in Arizona. Uh, Whether that translates to a victory against the Trojans or not really doesn't bother me one way or the other, because the Pac-12, I think everyone's going to beat up on everyone this year, so uh, I agree with you. I, I don't see anyone getting out of there with Unscathed. Less than one loss, definitely. No one's coming out of the Pac-12 undefeated. And less than two losses is going to be tough. So, uh, college is coming up in a hurry. We, here we are, it's the 20th. By the time that we come back in studio, college football will be spilling into the third week of the Ooh, regular season. Oh, they were going to
1: play catch-up on our pool.
10: That's true. I mean, we might want to put our picks in tonight, I didn't after that. the show. After the show. And we can take a minute, pick some games.
1: Can I touch on something real quick yeah. before you get heavily into college football? Yeah, just, just, Just a little, do throw this out there, because we were talking about the Little League World Series. And I, and I, are you going to cover that at all? Or Honestly, you, I like I
10: said, it's, I mean, okay. when I was talking about it, it's too big for me to cover at this point. Yeah, it's too big <laughs> game
1: going Well, on, I just want to say, this, this this Little League, uh, this coach out of Rhode Island, uh, David Bel- Belasi, whatever, his team lost, got eliminated. He didn't know he was mic'd up, Uh-oh. and he was talking Ooh. to the kids after the game. And I tell you what, it, if it doesn't bring you to tears, the way he talks to these kids. Uh, in a good way? In a good way. Okay. In a good way. <laughs> uh, you, got, you got no soul. Man. I mean, the guy, I think every youth coach should, like, this guy should be giving classes. I mean, I mean he the, the inspiration he gave his kids and... The, the, the things he told them and and you know, just kind of summed up their experience and whatnot it was amazing and if you get a chance to check it I am going to put the link in the in the chat room but uh, the guy is just uh, props to this guy and uh, I think every youth coach and I've seen some pretty horrible youth coaches uh-huh. over the years should uh, should take a take a take a note from this guy he, he was, it, was, it was truly truly interesting you get a chance google it look it up just go uh, look coach speech or something like that. And it's Rhode Island, huh? Rhode
10: Island. Rhode Island. For those of you who don't know, that's R-H-O-D-E. <laughs> Island spelled the traditional no way. way. <laughs> how'd, they fig- how'd they manage that? How come it didn't
1: come up on yours, man? I just put
10: it in the, in the thing. I don't know. Yeah, anyway, there, there it is. Flagging. Yeah. Uh, the Little League World Series, though, man, I I love it. I, I haven't been able to watch much of it this year. Um, excuse me, I was watching the... Western Division, Western Region Finals um, a couple weeks ago now, when Nevada, the team from Vegas, was playing against the uh, team from up in Northern California. And they, they always play that tournament, the Western Region Championship is in San Bernardino every year. So, uh, we were up in Big Bear at the time, so my dad was a, like, like he, he's actually gone... Gone and watched it a few times. Oh, yeah? So my cousin played in it one year because he was on a, a good team from Arizona. Cool. And, uh, you have an kind of
1: in law that's a baseball player? No,
10: no, no. Not yeah. so much. <laughs> oh, <okay>. <laughs> 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 but, you know, it, it's just cool. Like, anybody who played baseball at that age, you know, you have this weird, I mean, it, it's completely unlike what most kids will
3: ever experience at
10: that age. It's something that I. It's it's completely foreign to me from the inside. I mean, I have probably told this story <laughs> before, but um, my senior year in high school, I was coaching a Pop Warner football team, like as an assistant coach, in addition to playing football until that year. So they call the
1: waterboy coaches back then?
10: <laughs> I was throwing water. Uh, just checked. No. Uh, uh, wait, wait, wait. But we had our first scrimmage, the, the Pop Warner team, they had their first scrimmage, uh, and it was down at. University of San Diego on their on their field they had like three games go with wise across the field. Um, but our kids played against Oceanside who the kids on that team, like 10 of them had just gotten eliminated from the Little League World Series earlier in the summer and they were the kids that lost against uh, Daniel Monte and the kids from the Bronx. And, you know, it turned out that that kid was, like, 14. Right. <laughs> um, but I, I was like, oh, crap, I wonder, you know, how many of these kids were from that team. And I, I remember one of the kids, his name was Matt Serda, and he was, he batted, like, 560 or something for the tournament. Just ridiculous, you know, like. And he never hit anything other than singles. He was just, like, Tony Gwynn style, just <laughs> slap, slap, <laughs> slap, 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 slap. But he got base hit after base hit after base hit. And I asked one of the one of the first kids from the other team walking by, hey, is Matt Saradov on your team? And I'm like 17 years old and I walk up to this 11-year-old and I'm like, dude, I just gotta shake your hand, man. You're a badass. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, thank you. Awesome. And then he's then never they, been allowed to work for you <laughs> <as laughs> <as laughs> and to and hey, he's,
1: he's on some kind of registration. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't peed in public yet.
10: <laughs> not, on, not on that law, that website yet. But no, I, I give these kids a ton of credit, because like I said, I I folded under much less pressure when I was a pretty decent ball player back then, you know. Going to just like the next level of tournaments, you go to like the section or region stuff, and it's like, these kids are doing it in front of a bunch of people that are screaming and have no idea who they are. It's just crazy. Like, I don't know, I give them a lot of credit. And to be able to... Have I mean you know in years past this was a big thing that Tony Gwynn always did he was always a big part of the Little League World Series broadcasts uh, to have guys like that or Harold Reynolds or any of these other dudes talking to you about your baseball career yeah. up to this point you <laughs> know, when you're 11 years old it's just
1: <laughs> my entire nine years on the planet it's
10: it's two. a little bit silly but <laughs> what a crazy awesome experience for these guys so and girls you know so. Um, a ton of power to Monet and everybody else out there representing the U.S. and the uh, international teams there in Pennsylvania for the World Series. Are, right now. These kids
1: are—they're uh, just amazing, man. I mean, the, the work they put in is one thing, and, and to get to this level, of play—you uh, know, this is the biggest stage. You know, most of them aren't going to make it to the majors. I mean, this is their big—you know—big time to shine and. Uh, it's just, it's cool to watch them play and watch them, uh, you know, put their heart in it. I mean, and, and some of the plays they make are just amazing. I, mean, I saw a kid make an over-and-a-head diving catch today. That's, you know, that's a ESPN highlight room. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, uh, it's just, it's, it's cool. It's cool to watch. I remember when it, Long Beach, you know, they, they had that big run, and uh, we were all jazzed. And, they made it what twice?
10: I think. They made it twice, in the first they, the first year they lost on the field, but then it turned out that Taiwan had like five kids who were right. fifteen, yeah. twenty.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, uh, you know, then you know uh,
10: there was a expose Shaving between that, innings. <laughs> 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 that was cool for them because the
3: next the next year they got to win it
10: outright on the field uh, too. So. <laughs> Where were we drinking after the game? <laughs>
1: but then I saw like a like an expose like twenty five years later, twenty years. Later, and it was kind of it was kind of depressing, and a lot of these guys they they had a lot of struggles over the years
3: after that, right? Because
10: well, it's it's, uh, a, it's it's child stardom in like a three week window, right? You yeah. know, you yeah. which questions. fucks people up. Yeah, <laughs> uh, does. Yeah. And you know, Sean Burroughs is the guy who made well, the only one out the of the one that made up. it. Yeah. To the big to the show, you know, and he struggled mightily, and he you know, yeah. was a top draft pick by the Padres, and ended up. Which pretty usually
1: depresses you right out of the game. <laughs>
10: <laughs> but I mean, you know, he's a guy who had to publicly battle substance abuse yep. and you know, financial problems and family issues, and and all on top of trying to make a career in a sport that is nine hundred. You know, it's it's almost entirely mental and. For a guy to do that, and he had to—he he came back and made a career, made a go of it in Arizona. You know, he didn't ever—I don't think he's still playing, but he—he uh, he did a lot more than people would have suspected five years before. Speaking and of uh,
1: struggles, uh, Friday night again. You see, you recognize who that is? Yeah, that is that Strawberry? That is Daryl Strawberry. Oh, uh, he uh, was. Uh, Speaking at a thing at my folks' uh, church because uh, my mom was actually his counselor. Oh, I remember you telling me that. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, he talked about all his struggles and, and things and stuff. And like, yeah. I probably took up a couple hours. <laughs> it took, <it> took some <laughs> time. <laughs> but the, the person who spoke before him, God, I wish I could her name, but you can look her up. She's uh, she's uh, as a uh, an organization called Hookers for Jesus because she, oh, uh, she was a she uh, was a. That'd Las be an, Vegas, all, that'd uh, be an Las awesome tattoo. prostitute. <laughs> and, uh, she's, uh, event, yeah, uh, she, she runs a uh, non-profit and stuff. And, uh, yeah, she's got some stories. I'll bet she does. Yes, yeah, she does.
2: <laughs> and I'll bet most of the stories she's there are just maybe R-rated, I imagine. She told them in, like, a PG-13. You know. Yeah I bet we need to get her on the show <laughs> so we get the R-rated versions or maybe the double X version.
10: You tell Just... Peter's never been court ordered to go to an AA meeting. <laughs> Not yet <laughs> You said through enough of these stories and anything I mean it's like a cold shower. But... Hi <laughs> <laughs> <am> Peter D. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a pervert. <laughs>
1: I'm a snubbler. <laughs> and, and proud of
10: it. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I, I would like to, I would really like to hope that most of these kids don't grow up to be just completely warped human beings, you know. Um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, we're, it's kind of a weird uh, petri dish right now because the level of exposure that they have at this point is unprecedented. You know? And we could say the same thing for high school or college. Athletes, um, it's, a, it's a whole different ballgame. You know, when we were talking about Johnny Manziel earlier and how maybe he might not have the maturity yet to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. I I couldn't help but think about Ryan Leaf. Yeah. And, uh, you know, anybody who's not familiar with Ryan Leaf, he was the second-round pick in the 1998 NFL draft after Peyton <coughs> Manning, and the Chargers picked Ryan Leaf. The Chargers
1: picked Ryan Leaf. He was and a disaster,
10: wasn't he?
2: And they threw him into the store. Why league. was he a disaster? Because they shoved it's, him it's in there. Like, you're going to be.
1: Right. You need
10: to. And granted, this was a team that was three years separated from the Super Bowl, but they were also a team that had a lot of holes. Lottery lot of and, rebuild. And Lots. he had some issues that maybe were glossed over leading into it because there was sort of. It, he and Peyton Manning were kind of the darlings throughout the entire college football season. And. Interestingly, this also is going on right around the time of all the home run stuff in baseball. So I think the sports media in general was just kind of trying to anoint people in some ways, and they were also doing that knowing that when when you when you get a spectacular crash, it's great for your readership and ratings too. Yeah. So uh, they built the the monster in a lot of ways, but the Chargers definitely their they didn't foremost didn't help for sure. Um, But Ryan Leaf was thrown into it. He was a young guy. He came out of college early. um, And he got thrust into the starting role that he wasn't ready for and a team that wasn't ready for it. And the media just... Ate him alive.
2: I mean, and he probably had the physical talent to get there. He absolutely did. But as you've been saying, it's that mental part that you got to deal with. They needed to buffer him. They needed um, the maturity. And this is he needed to hold a clipboard for a year. Years ago now. You
10: know, this is this is 16, 17 years ago. And the media environment today is so completely different and so much more pervasive. I can't imagine how these guys deal with it. I mean, and you know, a guy like Johnny Manziel. He spent his last two years getting kind of a free trial of the whole process with the media because he was in college. But ESPN over the last few years has anointed the SEC, and they chose him. And they chose Johnny Manziel as he's he's the LeBron slash Michael Jordan. He's a virtual pro already before he even became college football. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, how does that
1: make you feel though? If you're if you're already I mean you're established pro. Even if you're not one of the top five quarterbacks, how does it? You because you, you, you know you've been doing this job, you've been putting in the time, all this, and then all of a sudden, all the talk is about some kid who's never actually set foot on a pro field. It's got. I mean, you know, I know when you, no matter what you where where you work, what, you know, whatever your profession is, it's always something about like all of a
10: sudden here comes somebody here, you know, whenever, whenever, well, fresh I... out of
1: college, going to tell you how to do your job, and you've been doing the job for 15 years.
10: I think that. The NFL in particular is such a brutal reality for all of these guys. I mean, unless you are Peyton Manning or Tom Brady or Drew Brees, and even Drew Brees almost almost lost his ass. Uh, I mean, the, the Chargers drafted Phillip Rivers when Drew Brees was still two years left on his contract.
2: Um, Mistake, though. That was a serious mistake. No, I
10: think getting rid of Breeze was a mistake. That's what. I'm but saying, yeah. drafting Rivers, Rivers, is Rivers is was good a great, player, great. great player, I mean, if Rivers, Rivers is you rather have, though. <laughs> Drew Breeze. <laughs> <laughs> different systems, different systems. I'm just saying. Drew Breeze. but and Sean go, Payton. To go okay. back to, to go back to what you're saying,
2: though. I mean, that's like, uh, what's it, uh, the USC guy, the um, who ended up with the Cardinals? Uh,
1: oh. oh, oh, oh. oh, 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 oh. Uh, Liner,
2: same, same same sort of deal where the ex, like I could see. I'm not saying Manzel will go this way, but I could see this where you know everybody's like Liner's great, Liner's great, Liner's great. He goes and bad system, bad system, bad. A whole bunch of bad things. Like he contributed, but then he also was in the wrong space at mm-hmm. the wrong time. I could see that happen with Manzel. Where, and I hope not. I'm not trying to be a dick or nothing, but I'm just saying. Sometimes, <laughs> not only that, I, pretty that's really cool. I know I, I, <laughs> I have a talent, I do know that. Uh, I'm just saying that I could see something like that happening with Manziel, where like he's not quite ready, he's in the wrong place at the wrong time, gets thrust in at the wrong time, and all of a sudden you've got a guy who's definitely talented. I mean, I don't think anybody, as was Leinert, definitely talented, but just,
4: but you might not, they might not also put in the work because they. And that, that might be part of it, too. Because the, the yeah. is pretty much well, So it's like, yeah, maybe I am that good. You know? And so Manziel
2: I'm, definitely could fall to that. If he he got could. That Peyton
4: Manning mentality where it's like, well, forget what they say. I have to, I have to go spend. I have to, to actually maybe. go do it. Manziel might be like, Liner, hey, you know what? I and can because Man- I'm so good.
2: That's where Manning had the advantage of of family. Of people of who had done And like, okay, yeah, you got the talent. But now that you're here. This is where you need to get to, and yeah. I will help you get there. They had that background. Yeah. That's where guys like Manzel and Liner and Todd Marinovich going way back. Whoa, 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 whoa. Didn't <laughs> – Those didn't guys
7: are <laughs> – Marinovich is no you nowhere near. No 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 no, 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 no.
2: But in the point of, like, talent, but not necessarily that, that supporting background. You know, you know what I, I'm saying?
10: I don't think there are more than maybe two handfuls of, of guys in the entirety of the NFL who really think that they have a – their job is secure i mean the way that the collective bargaining agreement is structured the way that the pay scale is structured all these guys know that not only is somebody younger and faster going to come in next year but they can their team can bring them in for a hundred thousand dollars less even if you're at the minimum right so i mean these guys know that Youth is always knocking on the door. Right. And they know that it doesn't even have to be a marquee guy. It can be just somebody from a one double A or Division Two school. It can be an Antonio Gates who played basketball in college and just happens to be a good sproll friggin'
2: athlete. Sprouls. Or it like, could be a guy who's five six five six you know special team guy.
10: And, and the, just, the 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 league is just set up in a way where guys know they don't
4: have job security. See you'd figure they know that, but a lot of them they well, they audience. don't
10: understand the financial part of it, well, but they, they know their it their own from a competitive standpoint. Around them,
4: like their own peers, their own yeah, peers, a lot of these guys surround themselves you know, with are the yes are feeding people. Feeding off of them, their yeah. old friends, their old buddies. No, you're great, man. You're this, you're that. A lot of people don't have the the mental fortitude to be like, you know, I got to put in work. I got to do this. There's somebody right, you know, biting my heels who's so hungry because they are on the on the scout team, you know, and they can do what I can do. I'm getting a little older. I'm getting a little slower. I can get replaced. There's some guys who, who, you, as the outside perspective, you go, yeah, you should be aware of that. But when you get in that bubble, you're unaware of that, you know? And a lot of stuff goes back to, like, the kids you're talking about. Like, it's a situation that's got to be kind of taken into consideration because you're, you're shining all this light on these kids, mm-hmm. and then you're pulling it away real quick. yeah, Right. You know, they're getting used to it. They're getting used to the love, the admiration, the, you know... The nationalism, and then, bam, you're pulling it away, and a lot of people can't deal with that. Mm -hmm. Even even the pros can't deal with that. Yeah, you know.
7: So
1: you're talking about yeah, you're talking like pros. You're talking adults can't deal with. Yeah, trying to you know dealing with that, you know, at 13 years old, and it's not even like we talk about child stars. Child stars, they usually had like a, a little run. man. Either they were in a TV series or they were in a big Five or six bus
10: years.
4: Bus they got yeah, and they got to put some money away. Right. even Their parents this would eventually exactly. spend it on other people falls apart, Right, a
1: right. But we're talking these guys are playing, what? Two weeks, three weeks. Two weeks in the
4: summer, man. All it. Yeah. It's just That's that's tough. And, it's, it's, and then it's gone. And you're back yeah. at school and you're just like, well. Because <laughs> as far as I know, no team is
2: repeated except for the Long Beach team, right? <laughs> at least not in recent. I, I couldn't tell you. I that. A couple
4: of foreign teams.
2: Yeah. I, I so I mean, so we're talking two or three weeks of stardom.
4: And if the next year you're too old to be on that team, even if they do repeat, right? What do you do? You might you not, might not be good enough to make a next Go sit in step. the stands and cheer on. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's depressing because yeah. you remember all you had and you don't know so how to deal with it. So well, well, you
2: peaked at age 11. Yeah, it's yeah. like that. Your entire and that that could. Fuck you up forever. That <laughs> totally could, right? I'm like, that was my greatest moment. I was 11 years old. I wasn't even able to get pussy. It's like, how bad is that? <laughs> how, many do you know high-
4: how many people do you know who peaked in high school who are still telling high school stories, you know? And these kids are not even there. glory days. <laughs> born, those people like to play. But I can, <laughs> yeah. Before then, like, before they even got to high school, they're telling them a story, you know? It's just like, yeah. you know, Back when I was in yeah. sixth grade. Yeah, you know, <laughs>
10: And that's just, that's a bummer, you know. That's, it is a bummer. that's a that's a parenting issue more, more than anything, um, you know. But the human mind is a is a weak thing sometimes. And, and we're
4: living in a different world. Like you saw all the attention they're getting. It's like
2: YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, much, exactly all, that, all the other shit like, that goes with that.
4: You know,
10: how much attention
4: they put on themselves anyway. Now this, like, if you're you know ten year old right now growing up in this culture, as compared to like. So many people HBC. like my selfie.
10: Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> the whole self-worth
4: is how many likes you got in this picture, mm-hmm. how many views you got, instead of actually accomplishing something, creating something. And
2: some of these kids, two weeks from now, that was it. Like, it. Did, that was it. Two right. weeks from now, they've just fallen off the cliff. Essentially, yeah. uh, you know, in that, yeah, and yeah, no, that that's that's could be a problem. <laughs> that could definitely be a problem. <laughs>
4: The media doesn't care because they're just on the next, like, he said, off to the next story. Uh huh. You know, whatever sells the newspapers, whatever gets the hits on, online, yeah. yeah, you know, whatever gets the views. Whatever happened to that airplane out in the
10: Indian Ocean? Malaysia Airways.
2: There was an airplane that just lost two planes in the six weeks, man. Huh.
1: <laughs> Peter says, i have got to the PVI.
7: Like,
10: uh, yeah, I hope you're not flying Malaysia. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> just saying,
1: throwing that out there.
10: Um, so, college football gets started on the, let's see, today's the 20th, I think it starts on the 28th, officially, that Thursday I think is our first game. USC plays Fresno State on the 30th. It's a rematch. Fresno State's a good team. Yeah, uh, they but are. It's a rematch of the uh, bowl game that they played in Vegas. They're not to be taken lightly. They aren't. And Fresno State's playing an interesting schedule this year. Yep. They're non-conference schedule. They've got USC. They have Nebraska two weeks later. Um, they always play big non-conference schedules, and you got to do that. When you're in a conference like I mean, they're in. Every
2: once in a while, they win some of those. They do. Yeah, a, uh, if nothing else, they, they generally make them close. They don't they, usually get blown out. right they, probably they
1: roll right through Nebraska.
10: <laughs> <laughs> we'll see, man. I, I honestly don't know what to expect from that crew this year. Uh, but that game is in Fresno, and I'm going to try to go to that one because it's not too far. You know. It's shorter than a flight. Yeah. So, um, you know couple things I'm just gonna do a couple Nebraska things
9: because
10: uh-huh. you know everybody who's listened to the show knows I'm going to anyway um, there's been a, a Twitter account called faux Polini for the last year and a half two years um, Lambasting basting and lampooning all of the all of the more comical aspects of Bo Polini's personality the head coach <laughs> of Nebraska he's prone to uh, some explosive moments from time to time. Even and when he, even when they're doing well, he can be a bit gruff occasionally. Um, but so, so the Faux Polini Twitter account is a is an entertaining read as far as Twitter goes, which is not my favorite avenue to pick up what's going on in the world. But the the guy who behind Faux Polini gave his first uh, first on camera interview, and it was on ESPN yesterday, and so he, he they blurred him out, you know, but. <laughs> okay. Got to protect the anonymity of the whole thing because what would right. the internet be without anonymity? Um, but, you know, Bo Pelini he's, he is actually a pretty decent guy. And a couple years ago we talked about uh, in the spring, the Nebraska spring game, they had a 7-year-old kid go out there on the field with the, with the team and they handed the ball off to him and he ran all the way down the field for a touchdown and the guys picked him up and carried him off the field and the whole thing. Um, he was a pediatric cancer patient, and, you know, shortly thereafter, they... I
1: think somebody referred to him as the cancer kid.
10: The cancer kid, yeah, way to go, ESPN. (laughs) I'm not going to get blamed for that. (laughs) 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 But Jack Hoffman, he's eight years old now, and he's, uh, actually, he'd been in remission for, like, the last year plus, and they just found some new stuff, so he's going back in for some treatment starting this week, and... Uh, so I'm going to be rocking my Team Jack shirt uh, probably for the rest of this, this football season uh, on the show here. And hopefully kid can continue to be the strong little now 8-year-old badass that he is. He's sort of beating brain cancer once already. I mean, holy crap. So, yeah, uh, It's a situation that no family ever wants to be. In. Every, every family is struggling with anything like that right now. You want to just give them all of your positive thoughts, vibes, and prayers. And uh, that's, that's the end of my soapbox.
1: No, that's an interesting box on this subject.
10: <laughs> that's, a, that's a good point right there. That's a very good point. Um, by the time we are back in studio here, like I said, college football we in week three. We will have a good idea of which teams that were ranked highly in the preseason rankings shouldn't have been are no longer relevant and which teams uh, might creep their way up as surprises later on the year. This is the first year of the new college football playoff. Yeah, the BCS right. is no more. TV and commercials. And, and yeah, well, wow.
1: yeah.
10: I mean, that was one of the biggest mistakes I think about the BCS. Not that it, I mean, granted, every system is a, it's got more flaws than you could patch up with all of the bondo and you know, little Dutch kids and everything else you want. But <laughs> uh, kids with the well. Yeah, the the system for the BCS was not good. No, but. The PR for the BCS was yeah, ten times gone. worse than the system itself. And, you know, I am a big fan of college football. I don't think that's ever been a secret to anyone here. But controversy is important because it gets people interested in watching. But okay, controversy so. controversy can make it a laughingstock. And that was what became... The last several years of the BCS. It was a laughing stock of sports. Like every other sport, including the lower divisions of college football, can figure this out. Why can't you guys? And I think that the system wasn't as bad as it let itself be portrayed in the media. And, you know, the people that run the system let it be portrayed in the media. But um, I'm okay with them spending a few of our fan dollars on advertising it and you know, highlighting that it's different and new and hopefully better. New isn't always better, no matter what Barney Stinson says. But it's going to be a, a whole different ballgame this year. So we've got a committee, kind of like what college basketball does, where you got a bunch of guys in a room smoking cigars, talking about which teams are best. Um, Passing. Except that Condoleezza Rice is going to be in this room. Yeah. So... Um, Kind of similar to how they did with this Harris poll that was part of the BCS the last few years. They're not going to actually come out with a playoff poll ranking until like mid-October. Uh, so all of the rankings that we're going to get before then are just the AP and coaches rankings, which are now completely meaningless in an otherwise also meaningless poll structure. You know, Kind of just goofy college football is just weird like that. <laughs> it's one of those things where you gotta just kinda suspend disbelief and you
2: know, you <laughs> you do. tell, you tell yourself sure. that it
10: matters. <laughs>
2: Cause this poll these guys know what the hell they're saying. They're professionals. They're experts. Man. Experts. Exactly.
10: I mean,
1: they know more than a common man.
10: We're gonna we're gonna go to a break. I think right now. Maybe maybe break. by the time we come back, we'll have a better understanding of how this new system works. Maybe. Absolutely. This <laughs> is the Talk Radio Network.
1: We're gonna take a quick break. This is Lisa Nimzo. This is called Arlington. Back after this.
0: Let me drive.
8: How do you know when it's time to, to give up the keys? When your dog grabs drive. your keys from your lap well, and your lap, lap is on the floor. Yep, rent. it's Jeff Foxworthy for Rad saying, when you Put party, be sure to away. designate right before you celebrate.
6: The it make it home
0: alive.
6: Let me drive. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, Rad, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Yeah,
0: please
7: don't drink and drive. It's not fun.
0: So, Jacqueline. Yes, Mom? I wanted to talk to you about something, and... Oh, wait. Hold on. I just got a text. Oh, wait, Mom. I just got a message. So many comments on my comment. Hey, guys, check out my new video game. Mom, what? Huh? What'd you say?
10: This weekend, unplug. Getting closer to nature can get you closer to your family. To find the forest nearest you, go to discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the
2: Ad Council. Hello, this is James E from the Dub Rock Duo. Just wanted to let you know that you're, you're listening to the Swoops World.
6: Everybody's waiting for a better day. A better
1: day yeah. Welcome back to Swoops and Talks Radio Radio Network. Shout out to everybody out there listening on all. You know I, I think my uh, cousins may even be listening a set nice Central Coast
2: so you've been telling your family that you got a radio show Northern
1: California huh
2: you've been telling your family you got a radio show well I, they I, heard well it my
1: family, family my, my mini family knew apparently they didn't tell my extended family because <laughs> <laughs> I was like oh yeah well, I got the show they're like show? what show? Yeah. I hear you, man. <laughs> you know the feeling, right? <laughs> We're uh, in the Yeah. of uh, Tybaud's timeout.
10: Well, you know, the college football playoff this year, we get four teams that get to square off uh, in two semifinal games. And then, so this is kind of the dream that uh, was supposed to fix the BCS. We used to call this the plus one model. Now, it's just the college football playoff, you know. So, there's a little bit of semantic reconfiguring. Not that much in terms of real changes to it. I, you know, uh, officially, we're eliminating some computers from the equation. So, it's just going to be like 25 angry old dudes picking instead of, you know, like 200.
2: That should be more efficient. 200
10: angry old dudes and <laughs> six different computers. Probably um, the, the games. Yeah, you know. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be what the people think they want, and when in doubt, give the people what they think they want, and find out whether they actually wanted it. And I can tell you that at the end of this football season,
2: all everybody's the call, g- everybody's all gonna, the gonna be wishing for the PCS. <laughs> be pissed except for
10: the fans of whichever team wins. Yeah. Just As like every usual. other year. You know you what know, yeah, they were saying? Every other year. It was
2: so good when the computers were deciding yeah, and, and the good. PCS.
1: The because then you knew there was no bias
2: <laughs> because the computers came up with the teams.
1: Ain't no plays of people.
10: Nope. No. So now we're, we're. I mean, I've said it before, we're angling for an eight-team playoff within the next two, three years maybe. For sure. Uh, I hope it doesn't go much bigger than that. I hope they don't think that they can have January madness. <laughs> uh, because thirty two teams playing You know that's what they're thinking already. Oh you know I mean the money has gotta just be that's, uh, that's all they care about. Think There's
2: about ching change, ching Think about why the
10: Bowls even like of the there were thirty three bowl games this last year, maybe
2: thirty four bowl games. Seems like a lot more.
10: But of those thirty, yeah, of those thirty some bowl games, more than half of them were attended by less than half of a stadium. Those things don't exist because of the teams' fans that want to go watch. And the a game. number of those it's games were
2: played by teams that had sub five hundred seasons, right? There like well, three or four of them because they
10: had to fill the bowl games. six, and, bowl six games. and six was the the worst they could do this last year or 6 and 7 if they were 6 and 6 and then lost the championship
2: <laughs> <game laughs> which didn't we talked about on that was two that occasions that. Last, last year or the game. year before there was like three or four teams that were under 500 yeah, yeah. going into a ball uh, game that's deplorable
1: that's because we have too many freaking ball
10: games
2: Absolutely. But, but
10: let's get back to the big here, five the, or those whatever the, the, the big the, 10 would be ten a better all these bowl game. games exist because the the TV money right and the TV money behind a 32 team playoff. I mean, look They're at what ridiculous. look at the deal that CBS yeah. and, yeah. We've and we've the NCAA have ridiculous. worked out with with the college basketball tournament. CBS pays a couple billion a year for the rights to broadcast this tournament. To the NCAA, who does nothing. The NCAA does literally zero of anything. They they don't do shit. And they just Oh yes, we will. We will collect your two and a half billion dollars for the right for you to go solicit advertising to put this, this on is TV. C-
1: CBS has used a federal government model. Yeah.
10: yeah. <laughs> the NCAA has too. They're, they're, all, they're all extortionists and blackmailing sons of bitches. Hey,
1: speaking of that, speaking of that, I know it's not college, but you hear today where they were saying that if the uh, NFL wants to charge the <laughs> halftime, the Super Bowl halftime ah. tax? You know
10: what?
1: Pay to play. Oh, and wow. it, exactly. And <laughs> normally,
10: I, you know, for all the independent artists that we get in here, and I hear about these pay to play arrangements that bars and restaurants and clubs are trying to get them to agree to, and I'm like, man, that's such bullshit. But for all of these douchebag groups that they're trying to get to play the Super Bowl, fuck yeah, take a billion of their dollars, man. If Katy Perry has to skip out on her next set of fake tits in order to pay to play the Super Bowl. I'm pretty
2: sure it'll it'll work out for here's her. In the long on, run. My, my I just view. hope we get to see those I, fake tits. I, I figure. Yeah, I hope there's I a wardrobe malfunction. If she's, if she's gonna, on there, we better get a wardrobe
1: malfunction. What's going to happen, those, Mark, if, sure. gonna happen mm-hmm. is most of these people are going to say screw you. We're not paying. Coldplay. They don't. They don't need the money. They can make tons more money on tour anyway. Yeah. The Red Hot Chili Peppers like, yeah. need to uh, no, 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 uh, pay. No. Unless
2: Janet Jackson, the record company decides to pay.
1: I don't think these guys are going to pay, and I think that's that's going to be one of those things. Which, remember back in fourteen when we tried to make them pay to play? That's a really to halftime back? Yeah.
10: So you think this is going to be one instance where the NFL realizes that it thought it was too big for the yes, bridges? I think,
2: think so. so. I don't think yeah,
4: so. I, would agree. Man. I, don't, I don't think that's going to happen because somebody's really going to
10: pay scared, it. You know, yeah. somebody's going to pay publicity. it. Well, again, somebody I might. I don't think the record. I
2: don't think the artist. The labels. The, the artist would be pay. like, "Screw you." Fuck that! I
10: don't it's
4: need crazy. that. <laughs> See, it's not going to come out of the, for those big for those big bands. It's not going to come out of the right, pocket. right. The record company's going to. If like- the
2: record company, the labels willing to pay, it'll happen. I I just don't know what their dynamic is, but I can't. I mean, the Chili Peppers. There's Look no on, reason with for the either, numbers, either, way, either, either way, either way, at uh, the end of the, the day, play. Tom Petty, the Stones played it. They're not gonna pay? Those guys aren't going to be like. Screw you. Can't you see the stones yeah. going, Yeah, here's my money? No, nah. <laughs> I get paid to perform. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
4: So it, either it way at the end of this whole thing,
10: the customers are gonna be the ones paying for it.
2: Oh well, that goes without saying. It, it's
10: always it's just the case. Yeah, it, it is. And
4: it's gonna be whoever needs the publicity in that moment. Do you have like, right. a record coming out? Uh, other, pay uh, half a million bucks, because we're gonna make it in record sales. I just don't right.
10: understand how right. the NFL can be so whorish.
7: Hmm. I
10: I don't. I, I it's a new low, as far as I'm concerned. But it is a new low. In in terms of a, 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 a I can't call them a corporation because according to
2: mm-hmm. they technically according they're not. to not. Supreme Court. They're there all are franchises. Sort of
10: separate things and all this crap, but it just my god. The how much? How much money?
4: People with you know even with that kind of wealth they're never satisfied. so... It me that you'd want to squeeze as much as you can even if you or don't need it. Or run on time if it's a certain <laughs> situation. Yeah. Even if you don't need it, they'll, they'll squeeze whatever they can. Yeah. Oh, you know, 0.2% more money? Sure. Why well, not? the
1: other big news, financially speaking, in the NFL today, I know you're still in college, but no, since I'm, not, when, I'm since, since we've won that rabbit hole, the uh, Cowboys have been named the, the most valuable sports team in history, valued mm-hmm. at over $3 billion.
10: Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, it doesn't surprise me. You know, they spent just over a billion to build that new stadium, which I hear is an amazing stadium. Yeah, I would like to see a game there someday I, if
1: heard
2: I didn't have to go to st- Texas. Yeah, says, I if everything. I didn't have to go to Texas, I I've might do that.
1: Everything there
10: is. they've already hosted conference, a Super games. Bowl, uh, conference championship games, the Final Four. I mean, it's just
2: not too many cowboy speaking, playoffs. Speaking of mm. stadiums, I was, at the, I was at
1: the most unbelievable minor league baseball stadium. This stadium really could, could probably—I don't know how many seats, but that's the only difference. Could, could hit. Could, it was a professional. It was like a major league stadium uh, for a minor league
10: team. You're talking about the Bricktown Ballpark? Talking about the Bricktown Ballpark, man. Okay, see? The Chickasaw Stadium. I Chickasaw. Chickasaw! I like uh, that.
1: I think that's what it is actually, uh, the, nice. the name of the Can't facility. make that shit up,
10: man. That's good. Minor League ballparks have something that all these new fans Chickasaw Major Bricktown Ballparks don't have. Yeah.
1: Or the home of the Redhawks, where I got to see Manny Ramirez play. Uh, Still oh, on go 0 oh for 4. You know it's really it's you know it's all... <laughs> It's exciting because you see a big name player playing. I don't know if they're double A or triple A ball. It's exciting and depressing all at the same time. Oh,
10: yeah. <laughs> it, I stu- even though he struck out and all that good stuff. He
1: didn't, you know what? He didn't. He, he, I think he struck out one time. He went deep. He went deep. But they were caught. I mean, he went deep. He was hitting the ball. track power. Yeah. He yeah. He he doesn't do his own. You know, he he had this whole pre routine thing and. I think he's get back to it, man, because, uh, I mean, watching these teams play, you could see where the talent was and where it so was he it. needs
10: to talk to Joe Boo?
1: Well, you see guys, when you see <laughs> pitchers throwing, uh, you know, four or five pitches in, in a row in the dirt, you're like, you should, well, be, you should be able to crank this one out. You there. Know. The one that goes over the plate, you should be able to park that in the parking lot there.
10: <laughs> over here at Blair Field, watching the Armada play, and, you know they had Jose Canseco for like the three games. That's series. right. Yeah, <laughs> for them, and I saw one of those, and I was. I remember being eight years old in the Coliseum in Oakland, watching Jose Canseco and Mark McGuire and just Ricky Henderson Bruce brothers and, it yeah. up. Right. I mean, yeah. these guys were just ridiculous. And to see him a few years back, after he'd written his written his book, <laughs> heavy air quotes there for you guys who aren't following the video feed, after he'd written his book uh, and stopped taking steroids, to see him, uh, it, it's tough to see somebody fall that far. Uh, and this wasn't even that fast. I, I Manny, Manny was playing well, Manny in missions. Dodger Stadium four Years ago,
1: yeah, and then he has a couple issues. First of all, it's like Samson, he shaved off his, all his hair. That's, oh, that's, a right there. that's a bitch right there, and he 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 lost his uh pre uh, pre uh, batters routine. That he's this whole thing, you know, you don't mess with that
10: stuff, the whole man. thing, the whole thing, right? He doesn't do that anymore,
1: so he, he just gets up there, gets set, and dude, uh, you need to get back to your whole thing, grow the hair back, get back to your routine. You know, it's all superstition, so we might as well have. Uh, Give it it a <laughs> Ouija board it up. Man. Yeah, give it a shot. working before. <laughs> it working before, but it was cool. To, it was cool to see him play. I mean, yeah. I, the one thing about minor league games, and I've been on. number most of the ones I've been to were in Mexico, where guys were rehabbing. So you'd go, hey, that guy plays for the Phillies. You know, and they were younger. They were not trying to revamp a career. Most mm-hmm. of those guys were, that I would recognize were trying to keep their career kickstarted. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's trying to revamp a career, so yeah, that was kind of like because uh, you know you look at the the program, you know this guy. Because he's over forty This guy, guy right? playing at like you know forty forty might own, be forty. Yeah, you look at the you look at the program. This guy played at such such high school. This guy played at you know such such state. And then you look at and then Manny. And he's got like a whole page of you know resume. Yeah, legitimate <laughs> resume and uh, LA Dodgers. Now he's playing for the uh, they were. <laughs> Iowa freaking whatever. Iowa Cubs. Yeah, Iowa Cubs. So. And yeah,
10: it's, it's tough to lay off that stuff, man. It's like a drug. Yeah.
4: It's it's like you, we talked
10: about yeah. earlier, like when you get that how you, crazy start, how do you have that rug you pulled
2: you out from under you? Yeah. You
10: know,
4: exactly. how do you go to
10: the a guy can still he can still go out and make twenty five thousand dollars a year and have his meals paid for and still play a game that. Even if it looked for a long time like he didn't give a crap about, you can tell he still clearly cares about it. Well, yeah, obviously, obviously, I,
1: you know these guys. You know, it's like anybody who has any profession. You know, if, if you're uh, if you're working a profession and you're not ready to give it up, even though everybody else is telling you to give it up, it's kind of hard.
4: Yeah, kinda, and it uh, could not even be about the money. Like the, he might be totally set, but it's like I could still play this game. Well, it also like you had, you know. Of people screaming your name. You're on that stage. There you, you,
1: got, there you got 20 guys drinking Well, and PBR he never time. actually Hey re- Hey, re- hey yeah. Manny.
2: <laughs> He never actually retired, right? Yeah. I mean he, he got the, the 50 game ban. Dodgers didn't re-sign him.
1: Didn't he go to Florida for a while or something down
2: there? There was something, but he never actually played again because played then he got hurt. And or something like that. And so you know, it's different than than, than like say like uh, Rivera, right? Mariano Rivera, who's like, "This is my last year," or right. even Jeter, right? Yeah. "This is my last year." My tour. It's my tour. Right, this we'll my tour. It. I'm going to do it, and man, he probably would have done that, but but circumstances circumstances yeah. uh, intervened. I so is, I think I say he say wants is, that last
1: chance, that last yeah. bite at the yeah. apple. When, when, when you get to the game, and I didn't know he was playing. I didn't know he was playing for the Cubs, right? So you get there, and I paid my nineteen dollars. I got my feet up on the dugout, the visitor's dugout, you know, which was substantially cheaper than have my feet up on the visitor's dugout at Dodger Stadium. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I paid my whopping $5 to park By a factor of, like, 50 <laughs> Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sitting there going, I'm living large, uh, watching these guys, I don't know, and all of a sudden, he a better number 99. You know, there was a professional Manny Ramirez who wore 992 ninety-nine too. <laughs> then I look at, him and I'm like, oh my god! And then you, you know, I was like, wow. Then the people who actually knew, like, they're Manny, like, Manny. Like, oh. I
2: had a similar experience when I was living in uh, Connecticut. We went to the Bridgeport Blue the Bluefish, Fish. <laughs> and that's a beautiful stadium. Beautiful, just like you're talking about. Maybe not quite as nice, but still just a very. We, first of all, we walked up there. My kid was like six months old, so we knew we weren't staying long. So i was like, let's just buy some three dollar, two dollar tickets. It's like I could sit behind the dugout, front row, for the good seats <laughs> for ten bucks. And we we're there at the game, and the New Jersey team—forget what they were—but the New Jersey team was in town, and we, the Camden River Sharks. No, it wasn't. We, we went and saw them, too. Uh, There's another New Jersey team. I saw them play the Bridgeport Bluefish in Camden. Oh, did you? Yeah. Uh, so it was different. There's another New Jersey team, and it turns out that uh, Ricky Henderson was on it, and that was ex- same sort of deal, where it's like he's, he, he, he couldn't sign a contract, so he's trying to show, like, I still, still got get it. it yeah. and, uh, and he had a good game. He definitely had a good game, but he wasn't the same Ricky Henderson that we all knew from, you know, when he was, like, leading off with... 20 yeah. home runs in a year, 20 right? 20 home runs,
1: 20 stolen bases. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and
2: then like, yeah, hitting the, st- the head that one year, I think he hit almost 100 stolen bases. He like wasn't the same guy, but he was still hands down the best athlete well, that's, on the field funny, at age 40-something or <laughs> near that. And
1: uh, It's funny you should say that because when, when I went to the games in Mexico, right, the, the same seat I paid $19 for in Oklahoma was like four bucks in Mazelan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh the visiting team Fernando was Ah. pitching right but like you were saying about the money and stuff we weren't sure Fernando was going to pitch because he wasn't riding on the team bus <laughs> 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 so like Fernando's not here, but well, we thought you know he scheduled the pitch. We, uh, you know, he showed up eventually. Uh, however he, however transport he got there, but it went right on t bus through the scrubs, right? Because right. <laughs> he's like no scrubs. Yeah. but you know it, it, it's it's uh, it's really weird because you see this, this guy's point. Now the thing about uh, where we were sitting, where I was sitting there, and where we were sitting in Mexico. I think the, the actually the major league I think the net goes a little bit further, man. I may have to be on my Ps and Q's all game long because you know, foul tip was flying right through right through where I was you know, sitting <laughs> on a lot of a you life
10: you live life at your Well it was the same way it was <laughs> the same
1: way Oklahoma. The net stopped the next the net netting stopped shy of the dugouts. Or way shy of the way shy of the dugouts. So, you know, you're sitting there man and, and you're it's usually the guys batting uh, maybe the distance from here to your hammock, where I believe your hammock still is. So you're like, you know, right-handed batters, you got to be uh, on your toes. Uh, I was like, ah, I'm lefty. I could drink my PBR, my $3 or whatever I paid for, a $6, $5 PBR. Uh, <laughs>
4: last year I went up to see a, a concert and we stayed right by the new 49er Stadium, the hotel there. Oh, right? yeah. We went to a, like a gas station across the street. Like My God, it's like, it was almost like a four-star restaurant. How amazing that <laughs> was. The girls we were with were, like taking selfies in the bathroom, and they were like, this is the most amazing lighting I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, you know, like you would never go around in Southern California and eat like a salad bar at a gas station. You know, it's like, you, you would no start. Way. just start. <laughs> yeah. They were eating it like... It was am- I, I was blown away. I was like, "This is the best part of my trip." <laughs> <laughs> was like gas station te- outside the new stadium. <laughs> <laughs> All the tech companies are there, so like, it was uh-huh. amazing. Like, yeah. I couldn't believe it. Like, I. You know, it was, yeah,
10: because those folks they're like, "Oh yeah, we have got a better one at work." <laughs> <laughs> we get massages while we walk through the salad bar line at work, and as
1: we cruise across campus on our segways. <laughs> <laughs>
10: You know, the NFL preseason is kind of like Major League Baseball mixed with Minor League Baseball. You know, the NFL doesn't have minor leagues. We used to have NFL Europe and, you know, other things like that. But nowadays, we barely even have arena football.
2: And So, we got kids. The lingerie league no, is kids. not.
10: If the NFL is That's here. That's his go-to league, man, right there. If the NFL is here and college football is here, then the lingerie bowl is like...
1: Here. <laughs> all right, no. all right. Yeah. Finally, we all agree.
10: if you can show me one player in the NFL besides Michael Sam who doesn't want to tackle all of those girls in the laundry <laughs> bowl, then I will be amazed. <laughs> and, yeah. and even he might want to
1: tackle them, because you know, hey, never know The gay boys like the boobies. That's Maybe. true. Maybe.
10: That's Maybe. true. I mean, they they yeah. don't ever get to play with them. So yeah, that's a scam. No. It's a great space. show. Show us the girls. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I think yeah. they're on to something. Right? They're on to something, yeah.
7: <laughs>
10: <laughs> <laughs> so we got two more weeks-ish of NFL preseason before anything meaningful. And, again, meaningful is in quotation marks. It happens in the NFL. Uh We've already learned that Johnny Manziel will not be the starter for the Browns come opening day, and that's. Oh, s- oh my God! That's a, a surprise. S- yeah, the air, the air is really trickled out of that balloon. But uh, have you guys have you guys watched any preseason football? I already know the answer. I don't guys, watch <laughs> preseason
1: football. I can't. I really don't. And uh, I was on the road for the Cleveland, uh, Redskin game. Mm-hmm. But I, as as a rule, I uh, when I was a season ticket holder for the uh, LA Raiders, I think I told this story once or twice. Um, you know, which included preseason. Mm-hmm. And they uh, they went and kicked everybody's ass in preseason. And Matt Millen was just a beast, and then the season started, and he'd been traded, and then they were doing so hot. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not like getting sucked into preseason ever again. <laughs> so I don't uh, I don't care about preseason. Plus, of all, plus, first of all, plus, <laughs> you, uh, <laughs> what, what you get is, you get, like, especially the like the second and third preseason game, you know, guys are playing for one, one series, you know, and you're like, uh, he sucked her that one series, and he's going to start with the season start. So, I, uh, I'm over it. Let me know when the real stuff starts.
10: Did you catch any of that Raiders-Cowboys fight last week?
1: No, I heard about it on the on the spin on the, the Worldwide Leader in Sports. Uh, <laughs>
10: <yeah>. <laughs> All I know is that... Or I should
1: <laughs> say self-proclaimed.
10: Yes. Yeah, there you go. Uh, apparently, you know, they were doing one of these things where they practiced together for like three days leading up to their preseason game. Very kumbaya, you yeah. know. Of course. Lots of
2: good, two teams. good
10: timey, summer campy. Practice yeah. together. Mm-hmm.
1: Drinking afterwards, hanging out. on yeah. in the same cafeteria mm. line.
10: Abusing themselves together. And <laughs> they just too much pent-up aggression. They decided they had to have it out on the field and start swinging. Um, apparently, many people in the football world not wild about this idea of these collaborative, cooperative practice Arrangements and it does seem odd. This may be the last year that we see these sort of mm-hmm.
1: things. But doing it, they've been doing it for years.
10: It's been going on for mm-hmm. in in this formal of a setting for at least like ten years now. Oh, really? Dude. Yeah. R2D2 made it up. It's
1: like. It's beep, beep Out, beep, beep, out beep, to beep. the garage. Really. Bummer. I remember. When I remember. When I remember when it was Christmas. It was Christmas right? Yeah. Yeah, I it was a big deal. Two three years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, not so much. The has gone by. Uh, it's like scraps. It's like
10: scraps. It I'm just going to end my, my sports commentary tonight by saying. I'm sorry, man. It's okay. i
7: was okay. 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 like, oh. uh, <laughs>
2: <laughs> so We just found a soft spot. I'm going to wrap it up now sure. so he can continue to wax poetic. <laughs> and,
10: um, <or laughs> but. Um, we were talking about the Dodgers a little bit earlier and Manny Ramirez and all that good stuff. Tonight, the Dodgers, in the second game of a three-game homestand against the Padres, lost 4-1. to Dodgers still lead the West. Thankfully, the Giants uh, have had a hard time finding out where their head stops and their ass begins. So, uh, The Padres, on the other hand, still in a solid third in that... And they're playing well now. They they've had, had a good, like, what, two, three weeks? Six, Six, All-Star now. break, they've been one of the better teams. Yeah. And that's that's kind of part for the course for the Padres, you know. Right. They sell off everybody, and then all the young guys play well until they can get sold off, too. Right. <laughs> but uh, still not mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. Speaking yeah. Of the Dodgers, good for
1: them. Speaking of the Dodgers, man, uh, you know, I think right around the time we the last show we did or – Scully said he's going to come back for a 66 year. I was, you know, you know, kind of reflecting on that. I have never known a Dodger game without Vince Scully. And I mean, when he retires, I, it would be just like, it would be like a shock to the system. I'm, anytime I've ever listened to a Dodger game, Vince Scully has been on the broadcast. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, I
2: that, that's a pretty impressive. Yeah. Just doing anything for that period of time. Just so
1: you know, I. I I'm not as old as he's been. <laughs> I, I I got that. Okay. <laughs> it wasn't like I decided to start listening to him like well, after I was fifteen or twenty years old. No. <laughs> I've, I've listened to him all my life and he's always been on the air. <laughs> and he's good. I mean
10: <laughs> he is. He is the he is the uh, elder statesman in the class of uh a group of people that really have brought the game to a lot of folks who wouldn't have any appreciation for it. Other yeah,
1: I mean, so. it's, uh, I mean, it's. I mean, it's going to eventually got to retire. I mean, it's like. I don't I think to, so. I think says, he's going to die. Well, that's <laughs> <laughs> as you will see what I'm going to say next. Yeah. It's kind of like when I used to listen to Chick Hearn.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know, with Chick Hearn and with uh, Scully, one of the things that's nice is that they still got it because yeah. in Chicago. Harry Carey went on for a Uh, while. But he
1: was fun, though. He was was fun. fun. He was totally fun. They did
2: a great job of managing (laughs) Harry Carey. Because But he definitely needed to be managed. Not only did he
10: he he got real
2: loosey goosey towards the
10: end. Oh yeah, also four or five years there. Also, also, they actually took him and said, You know what, you get the first three innings. And you get the last three. Innings. Those three in the middle, you're gonna go
2: take a nap. Yeah. Uh-huh. Or back to the bar. Take your meds. Whatever, whatever it is you're doing. Whatever, whatever you, you do. gotta do. <laughs> yeah.
1: Harry Carey was fun to listen to. That.
2: No, he was. He was. Yeah, I was like. An but there was definitely a room. period there where you 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 knew that he was not watching the same game you were watching. <laughs> well, he was. This is his glasses. They could make <laughs> thicker glasses. I remember, t- like At one point, he was like transposing names from the Cubs team that was like 20 well, and years I, th- prior. This, like, and this is where the last... <laughs> he's watching a different game than I'm watching. This is
10: where the demographic shift in baseball was really unkind to him. <laughs> <laughs> there were just too many vowels. <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't handle it all. Like I said, those classes, I mean, nothing. Was I here. think
1: there's a few nights we've been here, we probably sounded like Eric Eric. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're probably approaching that already. Tonight. We're getting close. So. And it's, 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 we're up at that, at that Wouldn't time. Wouldn't be the first time.
4: Yeah, <laughs> It's hard to step away when that's all you've ever known. Like the guy who recently passed away this week from uh, SNL, Bardo. Oh, yeah, Bardo. He's been, he's been part of NBC for 60 years. And he was like 96 stuff. when he yeah. 90, Well, he didn't retire. It died. He died. He died this time. week. <laughs> <laughs> 90s, you know, because it's like, yeah. you know, it's all you know, and it's been your whole life. Hard for someone to tie you to step That's away. why he
2: lived to 96. That's if he'd retired at 60, he'd been dead at 62. Well,
4: how many stories do you hear like that? of People who retired from work or from anything, whatever, everything, and it's just like well, whatever
2: passion, especially when it's a passion. Exactly. Like there were the people who were like, I have to do this because I got to put food on the table, and then they retired and they lived another 20 years because they could play golf or whatever it, it is they like live to live do. Right? You gotta have something. Yeah, but you hear those guys who like it was their passions, what they loved to do. They stopped now then, a year and a half later. They're boom. Done. Yeah, so true. Yeah, yeah. Well,
6: there you have it. Another edition of Tuba. Time
5: out. Woo. All right,
1: man. Well, there you have it. Uh, it's eleven oh five. We've uh, extended our show by five minutes. I want to thank. Art Zavala Jr. for hanging with us all night long, and uh, check him out on Facebook and so uh, we're getting paid double time now and whatnot. You can find if you can uh, you can go to suzal yes. get on there. <laughs> keep yeah. it going, keep it going. <laughs> <laughs> click click on the link uh, there to take you to his, uh, one of his pages there, and you can find all his links there. Uh, check him out if you had a chance. to Go see him live. Go check him out live. He'll be playing some gigs here and there in the next few months. Be here in Long Beach at the uh, Rebel Bite. When?
10: October 11th is that marathon day? It could be. What day of the week is that? Is that a Saturday? It's
1: around about that time. No if it's idea. a Saturday,
10: it's the night before the marathon. <laughs> yeah. it's it's you you time. must be training right now for this. I'm not training, but <laughs> I'm running. <laughs> oh,
1: the little woman got you, guy. No, hard.
10: this this is what this is what this little woman got me. <laughs> me and my big drunk mouth. And I said, "Yeah, I'm gonna turn thirty. I'm gonna run the marathon." So I've now appra- I've appraised the situation and decided that I'm gonna run the half marathon because <laughs> I don't want to walk. Twenty miles, but <laughs> I, I'd be okay with 12. I'd be okay with walking seven miles. <laughs> <laughs> but I know that six is about as many as I can run. So, well, we'll have to come
1: out there and cheer you on, man.
10: Well, and on, on the eleventh, we gotta go cheer on Art too. So, yep. yeah, yeah, It's gonna be yeah, a great yeah, time. Check
1: that out. That'd be good. We get to see him live. Again. I I've seen him live, but as a duo. So this will be the first time we have seen as a yeah. solo. So, that'll be looking forward to that. Uh, We will not be here next week, nor the week after. We'll be here in three weeks with the Tramps in Studio. So, check that out. Everybody, have a safe, wonderful, wonderful time until we see you again. Dream as if you live forever. Live as if you'll die today. Good night, all.
0: The views and opinions expressed by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Talk Story Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors.